if you want to come rumble, these two units delete God. Good evening, good morning, good night, everybody. We are StatCheck, and we are here for episode 60, Insert Meta here. Uh, we are here to talk about all things, mostly just one or two things, 40k and stats related. I'm Ennis, I'm joined by Nathan, Anthony, and our special guest, Ben Jurek, or also known as Ben Jurek, or as the polls we call him, Ben Jurek, because they got upset at us every time we pronounced it differently. Um, so Ben, the man of many names, welcome to the show. Thanks, uh, you also have a tiny bit of an echo there, so if you can just make sure you're muting up in between the... Uh... <laughs> um, hello, and welcome to the episode. It is September the 12th, and we are live for another show. How has everybody been? Nathan, do you want to start us off? Oh, man. I haven't done anything productive whatsoever. I started playing games with uh, Tyranids, and they generally make me a little depressed because nothing dies except my stuff. But... There Good. definitely is a certain amount of satisfaction to jamming Von Ryan's leapers into Land Raider wheels and then getting a 60-point advantage on scoring, like, in a couple of turns. It's definitely a vibe. Um, but I've also been spending a ton of time assembling new Tyranids. Um, whoever at GW has insisted on making every single Tyranid face, like, five or six pieces, I hate you with every fiber of my being. Punish like, the hobbyists. Show them who's the boss, GW. The Lictor head has two halves and then a base and then a neck that you have to attach. Yeah. And it's ridiculous. And their claws are also like five pieces. And I hate every moment of it. I, I enjoyed that the Nord Emissary went together faster than a Neuralictor did. And then faster than a Pyrovore. It was like, That's wow, good. this is hilarious. That roughly fits my expectation for those kits. The, the Biovore is freaking weird because it's got little spider arms to hold the thing on instead of like an actual point to join it to the carapace. So it's just got little spider limbs holding it together. It's it's terrible, but also the models are amazing. And so that's cool. Um, a ton of them are way smaller and skinnier than I imagined. Like the Biovore is like way tiny. Really? Yeah, it's like very skinny. It does fit the 80 millimeter base, but it's like very thin and spindly. It's like a frisbee I mean, with a gun on its back. To the old one. The old one's like. Yes. I don't think I've ever seen a Games Workshop produced Biovore in my life. So. <laughs> uh, you'd have seen my metal ones when you played when uh, you you were over. <laughs> I don't think I've seen a Games Workshop plastic Biovore in my life. So. It's because they've only ever been in resin and metal. So right, yeah, never mind. Come on. <laughs> Straight up, you're just outing yourself as somebody who's been in the game for three years. Jesus Christ. Anthony. I definitely do own Biovores that are probably as old as Innis almost. That's all I can say. Yeah. It's not difficult. Um, Anthony, how have you been? How's your last week or so been? You were, you were not on last week either. So how's your last two been? Uh, Pretty good. Um, The balance data slate like deeply upset me. Um, And then I had a little bit more time with it. Uh, I'm just marginally less upset now. Um, so that's good. I think Eldar is still the best army in the game, which makes me depressed because as someone that likes to play melee armies, the Night Spinner is an abomination unworthy of love nor sympathy. Uh, and I can't believe that Nids got nerfed more than Eldar. So, you know, 
comical display of incompetence when it comes to nerfing. But aside from that, um, the broadly, I actually think the impacts of the slate are pretty deep. I just do think it threw the game into a bit of a rock, paper, scissors, which I think we'll get into at some point later. Um, aside from that, I had TJ up for some testing of, like, we basically went through, like, all the Chaos factions, like, played them into each other. Um, Demon's not super awesome <laughs> still. Kind of sad. List, you look at it on paper, you're like, that should be dope. And then you put it on the table and you're like, this shit is garbage. So, uh, <laughs> that part was sad. Um, then... World Eaters was better than I thought it was going to be, so that was cool. And then I saw Death Guard get a bunch of hype online and played into them, and I was like, boy, that still is a pile of trash, isn't it? Um, the highlight of the weekend for me personally was Karn doing 15 damage to Mortarian and launching him into the sun. Good job, little man. Um, the uh, Turns out the World Eater plus one to wound against character, vehicle, or monster units. Really good. Uh, and then the World Eater's Master of Execution rerolls hits and wounds against character units as well. So you just point that guy in the direction of a lead unit, and he turns into Drazar, which is really funny. Um, yeah. There was also a World Eater's Relic that I just, like, no one took, uh, or I just didn't see anybody take. And then I, like, tried it and was like, oh, I don't really know what this is going to do. And then, like, TJ killed one of my units with, like, a unit of six Blood Crushers and a character. And then I charged that guy into the unit and I read the relic again and I was like, what's this do? And I like, oh, it gives me D3 and I like rolled it and it landed on a two and I was like, attacks and damage and just smashed the entire unit by himself. And I was like, oh God, okay, that's what that does. Um, so yeah, there was some fun pieces <laughs> in World Eaters. What would you say the over-under is on you taking them to LGT at this point then, given it sounds like you've been having a lot more fun? <laughs> so I was having a lot of fun with them. Uh, the army's, like, dumb quick. I like fast like that. I like things that can catch elves. Uh, so I I don't know. Like, if I looked at it and, like, the only singles events that I'll probably play through, like, the remainder of the season are LGT, uh, Cali Cup Finals, and then, like, maybe... If Ben can convince me of his abilities as a host, he's done a good job so far. Maybe Elvio. Um, but if I do even just three of those that I already have scheduled, then it's like basically a lock for best world leaders because I have the events from the end of last year. So like it'd be really funny to not go to Elvio and be like, I'm the best. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> Don't worry about them. Ninth edition scores from the army wasn't garbage. See you later. Um I don't know. It'd be funny. I don't know if it's that good. But, like, also, like, you know, for some context about the LGT thing, I have a flight on Monday. So, like, I'm currently debating, like, if I made the Shadow Round, is it too rude to play it? Like, are you just seething with rage if the dude that sends you out of the Shadow Realm, then it just, like, is like, all right, bye. It just, like, doesn't even play. Does Zach let you do that? I don't know what the plan is. Yeah, there. that's what Mike Porter did last year. And if he you just, do it, that's what Boris did last year as well. But he dropped the morning after, so I paired him in the next turn and didn't play. Just got a buy. So if you could do that, that'd be great. Oh, yeah, then great. All right. <laughs> Perfect. Sounds, just sounds, do that. Sounds like I'll only make no one upset then, just the person I play in the Shadow Realm. That's I'm sorry. And if I like them, I can always just concede. Okay, so maybe I'll take a real army. I don't know yet. So um, I did also have a lot of fun playing CK. I played the, like, one Rampager, ten Wardogs, and specifically the Changeling build. That shit's real funny. 
uh, jamming the changeling into people in melee so they have to take a battle shock test to try to hit you is just goddamn hilarious in a Chaos Knight's army. Um, so that was funny. Rapid ingressing 380 point rampagers that can hide. Also funny. Don't take more than one. Calm down, Chaos Knight channel. Um, <laughs> the I don't think there's anything else that was like particularly interesting. Oh, I played with the um the chosen and the rhino again with the lord in the unit because now we're not like shackled to taking multiple forge fiends and that was really really dope on LGT terrain. Um, the changes to that terrain layout being all just like arrowhead, no shooting angle ruins is like oh rhinos are awesome here because all you got to do is make it into the ruin and then you're good. <laughs> Uh, but the part where you have to make it into the ruin is a little touch and go, so we'll see. Um, yeah, I don't know. Most likely I'll play CSM because Ada Blitz is still like a feeling. Uh, it gives you like a deep emotional satisfying You're such thing. an 8th edition player, aren't they? Loving your players. I just, I never got to use them. They were fucking garbage town nonsense the entire time I've played. Uh, I mean, I would rather use my, like, no not even vaguely pretending to front. Like, I would much rather use my world leaders, but, like, you know, if I actually want to do well... I'm very cautious of, uh, like, my approach to a tournament, especially one that I'm flying for, after, actually, that Mythicos tournament. Because I was like, I'll play Bile, because it's funny! And then I lost round one, and it wasn't funny anymore. <laughs> um, so I have to be very careful of, like, my expectations relative to what I'm trying to do, relative to how angry I'll be if it fails. Uh... And I just feel like my experience last time on UKTC tells me that the army without guns might be a little risky. <laughs> That's all. It's very fair. I do. Uh, I do feel you on the. Oh, it's post WTC. I'll just play something fun, and then you don't. You play it, and you're like, "Why did I do this to myself?" Yeah. Uh, to Brian taking Harlequins to Brewhammer and going three and two. Uh, yeah. At least he got to beat the brakes off Robin, so that was cool. Uh, yeah, it's the exact same event that I went three and two at last year with Jormungar. So. Yeah. So, like, the other side of that coin is that I think CSM has the best chance of me not joining you and Nas in the lose to Grey Knights at LGT club. And I desperately do not want to be a part of that club. I've never lost to Grey Knights at LGT. Chill. Yeah. It was a GT. Oh, sorry. Anyway, whatever it was. Let's move, let's move on before, because yeah. I think at some point we would like to introduce Ben. Yeah, uh, that's it. Go nuts. <laughs> that was my last uh, two weeks. I'll very quickly put through mine. I played a bunch of Terranids. Uh, I am not in love with the Codex. It, it's fun, but it's not what I'm looking for right now in terms of competitive. Uh, so I uh, also played a bunch of Dark Angels. I felt. <laughs> uh, and Dark Angels, exactly. Turns out I'm still pretty good at Dark Angels. I put them in WTC and I'm still, you know, it's all still there. It's the same shit. So, um, yeah, it's been good. Uh, other than that, building and painting a bunch of Terranids, painted like Norn, Deathleaper, or built and built like Norn, Deathleaper, all that sort of stuff. Dude, that Norn kid bangs. Dude, it's so it cool. It's, it's also the head is like the same size as like a Termagant's head. The head, the face is tiny, like minuscule. It's incredible. It's just has like a massive brain. It's yeah. like the opposite of a Team America member. That's um, right. Oh, <laughs> facts. <laughs> and with that, let's move on. Ben, what can be said about Mr. Ben other than welcome to the show? Uh, long time viewer, first time actually in the sh in the show. Please tell us a bit about yourself and why we invited you on today. Okay, everyone, I'm Ben. Uh, I have been playing a lot of 40k. I watch the show a bunch, but uh, lately I've just kind of not been losing in 10th edition, so I guess it's kind of part of it. Um, and I got to play for Team Scotland this year as an alternate uh, when you guys had a um, 
a person that was out due to a medical issue. So I had a wonderful adventure with that, uh, that me and Ennis are writing an article on Goonhammer about. Um, and uh, it's been a fantastic run so far This in this uh, Dumpster Fire edition because I've been piloting Eldar. Um, I know. But uh, other than that, I played a tournament this weekend also. That's what I've been up to. And I 6 0 that uh, event. And I got second because I only scored 590 points. What a damn shame. Rookie numbers with Eldar, let's be honest. Um... Can't believe it. Dropping points <laughs> as Eldar. <laughs> Fucking amateur hour. Priest Ben's going to be a casual like two and four player now. He's got to play with the real points because he couldn't even score perfects with the old book. Yeah, what are we even doing? <laughs> yeah, we're I'm completely screwed on this one. <laughs> oh, my game has to be turned down. Okay, sorry, guys. I'll fix that. <laughs> It's good Why that Tim you... Penny's always in our chat trying to help us with either money laundering or advice on audio. I, I tried to join early for a sound check, but I screwed that up. Tell us a very small amount or as much as you would like to about the other thing that you're doing this this weekend. Oh, yes. Yeah, so this uh, this weekend. This week. Yeah, like, literally uh, so tomorrow. <laughs> well, oh, no, ten days, right? tomorrow. Yeah. Um, so basically from tomorrow on, uh, we are. I will be joining the Charity Hammer crew. Uh, and we'll be doing a large event of 72 hours of nonstop streaming um, on Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday night, including a 30-man GT, a bunch of fun games. Uh, all of it is to raise money for Child's Play, which is a charity that donates money to both children's hospitals and domestic violence shelters. So it's, a, it's for a fantastic cause. Um, there's going to be a lot of prizes and raffles. Uh, $30 get donation gets you one of those raffle tickets. We're giving away everything from huge box sets to fully painted armies. And there's even a bracket of the 30-man GT we're running. Um, and the person who has the best bracket, just like, you know, uh, sweet, just like a NCAA or any other sports bracket, um, is going to get uh, a fully painted Custodes army done by Lou Rollins, which is absolutely gorgeous. It's all it's all Death Watch themed. Um, and yeah, that's uh, that's going to be a great time. Uh, tune in. War Games Live Joe is going to be there. We're going to be on YouTube and Twitch. Oh, yeah. And we'll have links to as much of that as we can find in the show notes. Uh, it's a really great event been run by the Best in Faction or Best in Tabletop guys now. Um, so please do check that out. It's for, it's an amazing cause. And if you're not at an event this weekend or you are at an event and you want to watch something on the travel through or the from, do check out Charity Hammer. Uh, it's always a really great watch. Worry yeah, not. They will be streaming no matter what time you're traveling. Yep. Every every time zone will have something to watch and something being commentated on if past charity hammers are any example to go from. And frankly, if you're traveling in the middle of the night US time, it's probably the best content because then you'll get to see the really weird stuff. The like oh, people yeah. playing games at 4 a.m. kind of game kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah it's, it's always a good time. Matt, I have a 3 a.m. game in a triple, so that'll be... Yeah, that'll be over in like an hour. You're just going to start on the line and go, oh, that's what he's going to do anyway. Whether you do or do not decide to cooperate is up to you. I bet Trumbull's uh, having a great time getting Plague Marines back out again, to be fair. Oh, so. yeah. I mean, he well, he was before. They were just a custodian guard that were under cost, and it was the same vibe. <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be fantastic. I'm really I'm look, super looking forward to that. Uh, you know, Anthony's been part of it before. Yeah. Um, Highly recommend. Highly recommend it. There's a community Discord. Also, participate in that. Have fun. And what are you bringing to the bracket portion? Since you'll be playing in the bracket, I assume. Uh, I will be playing. I got asked to play Eldar to kind of show what the nerfs did. Um, I am. I did. I had the debate of like, do we bring fully optimized like 
Wraith Guard and Junk. I decided not to play the Wraith Guard and went double Avatar. So I have Avatar Can and Incarn. Taking a real, so, taking really taking one for the team there. Merely yeah, playing. Night How many Night Spinners? Just one Night Spinner. But are you Two bringing Christmas. the Lord and Savior Flagon? Is that that's like the um, thing that I didn't, I didn't, I didn't bring, bring Flagon this in this one. A I could small, easily spicy did, boy. But I already submitted the list. The, the weirdly <laughs> really good melee unit in Eldar that just shouldn't got, exist. It's great. Six attacks at like flat three damage or something like that. Just yeah, he's, yeah, he's, four he, flat three. Four. He's better in he's better in melee than every world leader's character, except specifically the guy with the glaive. And even then, he's he has better in combat than Mortarian. Uh, yep, that's not particularly <laughs> difficult. I learned this weekend. I failed more, a couple more attacks than Mortarian. <laughs> yeah, I failed a couple of saves from Mortarian and was like, "Oh, it's damaged like a million, right?" And he was like, "Nah, three. And I just like didn't lose any eight bound to him. And I was like, oh, "Okay." <laughs> it's definitely a vibe from a chaos primarch oh man nothing died in melee combat dude, dude i wasn't even gonna roll the feel no pains but it was exalted so they had five up and i was like all right fuck it lost no one all right so cool, i'm gonna talk cool, about cool, stats cool. for all of like 30 seconds because there's nothing to talk about um <sighs> there were events this weekend only one of them ran anything can from the slate basically and that one event was won by eldar so congratulations eldar still winning this time 100 percent of the events that are using the new rules and data slate so congratulations far. to eldar for winning the war on eldar yeah yep um so we'll probably have more to talk about like next weekend after next weekend stuff because there will probably be more than a single event uh with the full slate in effect but it'll probably be like two to three weeks. So this is what I keep telling people is you probably are going to have to wait two to three weeks before the data like makes sense. Because like if you looked at the data from this last weekend and if it was post slate stuff, there were like three events, one by Drukari and stuff like that. And it was just weird. There's well, like some nonsense. Like, yeah, looking at RTTs and shit, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's like RTTs and all sorts of nonsense. I looked at all that stuff and I was like, this would make nobody... Everybody would think that everything was solved in 40k if they saw this and thought it was all slate data because everything was random and nothing made sense. Yep. But instead, we need to wait a couple weeks in order to make conclusions and have actual questions be answered about yeah. what the slate did or did not. Fingers crossed by like LGT will have a pretty good sense of what's going on because we'll have all the lists from LGT. So I would I would argue you'll have to wait about three more months for the meta to make sense and we can finally get the Eldar nerf we've all been waiting for where they're not the best army in the game. But we'll see. I don't. I, I wonder if they'll even catch another nerf. Depending, I don't know. We'll see. I'm. I'm honestly I, just here to make Anthony sad. Apparently, <laughs> I swear I never meant it. <laughs> I do. I do try my best with the name under the with the name under the name every week. But yeah, that's fair. The uh, yeah, I like every time. I look at Phantasm, it just makes me reconsider if my LGT tickets refundable. Like <laughs> it's just infantry now. Just because no, yeah, <laughs> just, just the loan <laughs> ops, bro. Just the most frustrating part. It's fine. You ever have a Ranger Squad Phantasm away from, move away from you, then Phantasm away from you? Just like suddenly is like a light is like in a different engage quarter. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, what are we doing? <laughs> You're all right. But Anthony, they nerfed Phantasm. Yeah. So yes. So now we're going to move into a different section because we're not going to cover stats anymore. <laughs> and since we're already kind of moving into it, we're going to get some thoughts and opinions about the balanced data slate. And we'll start with Ben because 
we'll end with well, the Anthony. Let's start with one other thing very quickly. We oh, did a sure. full show on this that if you want to watch me, Nathan, Jeremy, Cliff, and Tim go through basically all of the changes, you can find that on the YouTube channel. I think it came out as a podcast episode as well, but I don't know that one for sure. But it should be in there as just a bonus content on the YouTube. So if you want to see a bunch of extra stuff on the balance database specifically, go there. We're going to get a bit more from Ben and Anthony here because obviously neither of them were with us. Um, so Nathan and I are going to shut up a little bit for this podcast, which I know is unusual for me. Um, so Ben, take it away. How did you think feel about the balance slate? Um, if it was a ninth edition slate, uh, it would have been the best slate ever dropped as far as like changes, approach, what they do with the game, actually looking at core rules, embracing digital rules, a bunch of things they would never have seen from GW before. Um, uh, to that note, uh, there's a lot of big hits and a couple small misses. Eldar obviously being the biggest miss because when you bring down everybody else at the same time, even no matter how hard you kick Eldar in the nuts, it doesn't, it just wasn't quite enough in my opinion. Um, I'm uh, as an Eldar player uh, lately. Um, I'm there is a couple things I'm a little bit more spooked into playing to, or games are going to be quite a bit more even, or like there's going to be situations where you're going to lose if things don't go the way you expect them to go. Um, like Grey Knights, for example, is now like real sketch. Uh, <laughs> but outside that, um, I'm looking at orcs heavily a bit more. Um, I'm looking at, you know, I'm making guard and orc lists and Eldar lists, and I'm excited to be list building again. So that's actually a very good thing and something that a data slate should do. Anthony. We're going clockwise. Do you want to no, end it's just on you. me? Oh, do it's you want to? You two. It's oh, just it's you just two. us. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. Oh, strap in for some angry comments about negativity in YouTube. All right. So we got a data slate. They definitely did some things. Um, I think that whoever like took lead on this plays Eldar. I think that's the only way that you could possibly end up in this scenario. Because uh, I think, surely, what had to have happened was Eldar, at some point in this document, a version of this document, got like an, a real hammering, like a proper hit. And then someone played a game of 40k with their Eldar army and had to think. And was like, oh, no, 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 no. This is crazy. That's not why I play this. Um, so they went back and tuned some shit back down. Um, I don't understand how Nids could take a harder hit than Eldar. I don't understand how Deathwatch could take the hardest hit in the set when it wasn't even fucking good. Like, I would hesitate to call Deathwatch good, let alone great, let alone historically dominant. What the fuck are we doing? I don't get it. Um, that said, I think the game's in a more interesting spot than it was. But I think that the bar is so low that they probably could have rolled over it. So, did they make the game better? Yes, absolutely. I don't really no oh yeah i mean like in the same vein thank you chat like ik 
Like, I know they were dominating a bunch of stuff. IK at least kind of get, right? Like, IK could feel bad to play against if you were an army that couldn't kill the knights or something. Like, if you just took all the damage out of your list, you were one of the armies that couldn't handle them. Fair enough. Put them in the sin bin. But if we're putting stuff in the sin bin, what the fuck? <laughs> um, Like, GSC... Also, just got like cracked in the mouth. I think they're still fine, though. Honestly, like I think yeah, a lot like of people... GSC, or, GSC got like what Eldar needed, right? They got right. like hit in the right ways where you can still play the army, but it's also like you can approach beating it now. Yeah, I think it's realistic that like GSC got like the correct direction of the nerfs, and I think that like again, I think that whoever wrote these nerfs must play Eldar, um, and that's that's it. Uh, I think that. A lot of armies are in like better or like relatively better spots. Like the bottom coming up was dope. That part was real cool. Uh, I think Death Guard or something army adjacent now. I think Votan or something army adjacent now. Uh, those are all like, you know, big gains. I don't know why they thought Sisters was fine, but you know, rock on. Uh, so poor Typhus. Beautiful Sisters army. Nothing to do with it. Um, yeah. I like, again, you know, a lot of the changes made sense but they just really don't make sense in the context of what they did to what was by far the strongest army um it's like they were worried about a power vacuum so they just sealed the hole with more eldar i was like oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> i guess that's one way of solving that problem but i definitely maybe would have approached from like a philosophy approach they probably were like look if we hit all these core rules that definitely will just really really hurt eldar and instead they like so the they didn't want to make a synergistic, like, massive nerf, which I don't, they wouldn't never, have created anyways. Yeah, right? they, so dude, they've never worried about that a day in their lives for any other nerf. They killed every part of light that was fun until they finally, on the last nerf, hit the one that actually made them strong and was like, look at it, Patrick, we saved the city. <laughs> I don't... Burned behind them. Yeah, yeah, behind them is just ash and ruin. Um, but, like, I don't... Why didn't you, every other time, you, like, the easiest example, the one that I'm most bitter about, right, is, like, post-Nephilim Chaos Marines. Like, if you perceived CSM to be an issue, like EC specifically, and then you look at them from what happened from Nephilim to Arcs, you'd be like, what the fuck? What happened? But, like, even, let's pretend for a second that Ninth was, like, written by a different company not even a different team a different company clearly there are some people on the team that know how to nerf gsc is right there and if you wanted to watch factions die eldar and i mean sorry uh death, death watch knights. and yeah. knights are right there what are we doing <laughs> i don't know it was it was one of the most baffling things i've ever seen like it came out and i was like what no Hold on. Surely not. And to sell more Wraith Guard and Avatar boxes. Maybe. To be fair, they probably didn't go hard enough on Knights either. I would like to see the army further bad, but... I... <laughs> Ines, you... you also think that Knights should just, like, all be melted into, like, Look, one giant... All I'm saying is Vic VJ's there. got the right goddamn idea, and you should go listen to the <laughs> Fireside to find out why. Look, I... I mean, I'm biased on the Knight thing for sure, right? Like, CSM has such a favorable Knights matchup that I think I could play Knight armies back-to-back -back for three rounds with persistent casualties and win all of those games. But, like, I don't think that 
like that means, you know, like everybody has that. And I could definitely commiserate with some like, you know, going through the rankings of players, especially if you're stuck on like GW open terrain, Knights being a really terrible experience to play against. However, on every terrain layout at all levels of play, Eldar got awful to play against. So I don't understand what they were doing. I don't know what the goal, like I under, like I could vaguely, if I like squint, see where they were going but it to me just belies like a strong lack of understanding of what makes an army too powerful in their game which makes me nervous about eldar eventually getting a book because we had one detachment of this i'm terrified you know how like every marine detachment has armor contempt yeah like are they all gonna have (laughs) (laughs) i actually like I'm convinced it's just going to be fire and fade across all it, of them. It will That's probably be lightning fast reactions if we're being or honest with one. ourselves. That's or true. fire and fade. Well, I, my other gripe that like kind of just like fades into the sunset that like no one talks about because like everyone's so enamored with phantasm being bullshit because it is. But there's like a problem in 10th that exists in several books that just never comes up. Why the fuck is Fire and Fade a full move now? Who the fuck thought that was a good idea? Why did they just, like, game white? Like, the mechanic broke the edition in, like, 8th eight, and ninth. Why were they just, like, you know, things should just be allowed to move after coming in from reserve. Let, let's, let's bring that back. Why? See, I never played with that being a rule. The first time someone went to do it in 10th, I was like, don't even try that. It was at the testing weekend the, that here when ninth when tenth came out. Someone tried to do it, and they were like, "It's not the rules." I was like, "It will be. Surely they'll FAQ that. No way they leave that type of dumb shit in." I was so wrong. Yeah. We also thought Ingress was going to get hit, and it's the only thing holding the game together. So, dude, uh, in any other edition, Ingress and Lone Op would be like a war crime, and in this edition, you're like, thank God we have these god awful mechanics to keep us safe from the hell. <laughs> so, Ben, did you have a comment? <laughs> Very briefly. No, I, I completely forgot what it was. Don't worry. <laughs> The train, the train gets derailed very difficultly sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Why can fire and fade if you didn't? I know the, the comment was, but I like moving twenty-eight inches. I was also there for for the surely this will get fixed. It yeah. was like a race night fire and fading out of reserves into an objective. <laughs> yeah, I was like, there's no way. We had like a test game on like Team USA, like in a DTS game where like that happened. I was like, guys, come on, come on, have have some quote of me, have some faith in GW. They obviously won't let you do that. So, yeah. Or, like, yeah. the first time a unit, of like, a Thousand Suns unit comes in and moves 24 and you're in their shooting phase, you're like, you also can't Overwatch this? And you're just like... The, yeah. the only thing I remember from old versions of 40k is that it just sounds like Yanari with their activations during the opponent's turn, so the turn just never ends for the Yanari player. I... Yeah, you used to be able to... Yeah, Sebastian's got it here. You used to be able to drop in a squad of Yanari shiny spears from Deep Strike, um, quicken them so they could move, charge something, fight it, kill it, and then move again, like, all off of Deep Strike. <laughs> and just be like, oh, so, dead. And then they would be behind a wall again. Uh, and I, uh, um, they just move through walls, so. Nice. I, like, actually thought, like, it's it's a little bit better now after the changes to Overwatch and Towering and stuff, but I legitimately believe, maybe still, Sigmar to be the more competitive game, because at least in that game, you only get double-turned sometimes. Every turn is the Eldar player's turn. 
To be fair, Sigmar is like begging, was like begging for its own slate recently. Twitter was like, apparently they were just like infinitely respawning zombie lists and stuff. So yeah, yeah, not like, the grass ain't always green. <laughs> yeah, but like at least I don't know, like at least you get to kill a lot of zombies. When you lose to Eldar, you kill fucking no one. Oh, it's <laughs> like, so fun today. On that note, tell me how you feel about Necron Warriors right now. <laughs> oh, I love them. I that's my ideal meta. Please bring out every Necron. I think Necron Warriors should get buffed. They should get their squads buffed to 30. Like, let's I woo! I love those metas. Those are my favorite. Tyler's out here trying to like convince the masses that you need no damage and nids and you just want to run 300 gaunts. Like, let's go. Let me pull a hundred models of phase off a table until we decide that I've won. It's always a horde meta, and it's never, never a goddamn horde the meta. The blast, it's not a horde meta in 10th until the blast keyword gets phantasm treatment. <laughs> blast nation attacks. Well, only infantry get it? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All, all right, let's talk about some meta predictions then. Since we've waxed philosophic about all of the terrible things that GW managed to both do and not do at the same time. Uh, ben... What are the top five factions coming out of the slate, in your opinion? And then one Dark Horse faction that you think people are going to be surprised by? Our number one. It's not, you know, bother with that. Um, uh, I think CSM uh, is either number two or number three. Um, impressively enough. <laughs> see, see Anthony's response on that one. Uh, I, think, uh, I think Nids are going to be up there. I think Orcs are in the top five. Um, and the fifth dark horse is that is that the same one or do I give you fifth and a dark horse? Fifth and a dark horse. All right, um, CK actually. Reasonable. I like CK as a choice actually because that rampager build actually seems like questionable when it rapid ingresses into your backfield and then. Oh, I forgot to put prawns in the top five. My bad. Prawns are like number three. Okay. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah. So rotate everything down. Throw CK in the dark horse. Got it. There you go. Yep. Now, but yeah, that seems pretty reasonable. Ines, how about you? What do you think? Uh, so Eldar one because uh, Eldar is zero. Like fucking, I'm not including Eldar. <laughs> 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 but, fuck Eldar, they're not real. Uh, Marines, I think, are like up there. I think CK, I think Necrons, but I think Necrons, like once people start actually building for them, I think they fall out and go to my dark horse. Um. I think GSE, if played well, are still comfortably top five. That army just does so much damage. And the comeback mechanic was never that important. Um, I mean, you and I had said they could remove it wholesale. And it yeah. just... <laughs> like, Tau probably played well up yep. there. Um, and I need to see more from Orcs because I need to... Basically, I need to see how Orcs translate into a meta where a bunch of stuff just got its damage buffed. But I think broadly, they should probably be fine. Um, but I could see them being out for like something else. I'm just not 100% what somebody else is. And then like custodies are probably still pretty good. Um, they're kind of like in there as well. I know Art of War was very probably. down on custodies today. They put them in B and then they shifted them even further down B and then they shifted them a little bit further down the B tier. I, I would be on board with that outside of the dev wound change. When I look at like the dev wound change into them, it's like, ooh, that is true. But I also just don't find there's that much dev wounds in the game outside of like random incident stuff. Again, this so, is like the CSM privilege know, talking, but it is like if I, I, I can tell you, speaking of the number of times I popped my watcher in the dark at WGC was less than five across like yeah. War Masters and oh, I just never well, experienced that. Listen, it's, it's entirely possible that it's my big CSM privilege talking, <laughs> but like 
man, shooting a Forge Fiend at a Custody Squad now is rough. Sure. And there, it's going to be like, it's a matchup thing, right? I think Custodies can have a negative CSM matchup and still be a good army, right? That's yeah, not yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But that used to be a positive matchup for them on good terrain. Yeah. Right? For sure. Now it's like starkly pretty negative, I would wager. And then Anthony, your top five in a Dark Horse. Uh, Eldar, GSC, Krons, Tau, Marines, and Dark Horse would be like CSM. I think CSM's good, but I, don't, I think the really rough Tau matchup, uh, a potentially rough Space Marine matchup, and like, depending on how the Space Marines are built, and then the uh, Eldar being like a game that you don't get to decide if you win it or not uh, <laughs> is definitely all like tough sledding towards, you know, CSM being up there. Um, I think that at the top of the game, we have like a real issue where unless you are the Eldar, uh, you no longer like have your decisions matter until they make an error. Um, like you could play perfectly, but if they do also, you just lose um basically it's an agency issue right like i think that i think that eldar's win rate will probably peter out to be actually fairly like fine uh unless they do the thing that harlequins did where like they get ditched but like the three percent of the meta that plays them because they're like in the know just smash uh <laughs> which could happen um but like i think that even if they like normalize from a stats perspective, I think they represent like a real problem towards the upper end of the game. So they hold the, they would hold a stranglehold on that number one spot. When we talk about Marines, what are we talking about? Because Marines is a lot of things, right? Uh, so when I say Marines, I'm talking putting specific... in the top five for Marines. Yeah. So it'd be Dark Angels, um, the Deathwing Knight. Like, I mean, basically, like the Polish build from WTC like gained points in the slate which was like personally offensive as that being my worst score at WTC. Like I played Eldar and did better than playing against that. They were not quite equivalent, but you get what I'm saying? Like the, yeah, that list is crazy strong. Like I don't, maybe like it has like movement issues on UKTC, but that's like the saving grace and you're only hoping to that army if you're planning to play against that at LGT. It being like, Hey, my list is seven loan-op units, by the way. And <laughs> if you want to come rumble, these two units delete God. Good luck. Let me know how that goes. Yeah, it's great. I personally have no issues with it. Um, yeah, it's really good. I think, like, the way that Dark Angels list is good, though, it's just, like, it's doing good Warhammer shit. It doesn't, like, criminally offend me. Um, <laughs> like, I could live without the, like, run away when you get close just existing in the game. But Agreed, yep. But as a like aside from that, I think I think that strat just really undervalues how difficult it is to get close to a good player's units. And then like you finally do it and they're like, bye, bitch. You're like, come on. I would also say I think on just to go slightly off of Dark Angels, I think Blood Angels has legs and is actually a reasonably solid. Oh, right yeah. Death Death Company are just like fantastic. Now. They're real good and too cheap. Uh BA is like right there, but I don't think they're as good as Dark Angels. I think no, they can sure, be. I think good. they can be on certain builds if you play on like a 
thing that's like many small ruins as opposed to like certain big ones that definitely shifts the balance in yeah i think they're a lot better on like gw terrain than like exactly uh, yeah there's loads of like little angles and little, little blocks but the, the fact that you get like inferno pistols with full hit rerolls and then also power fists it's just wild to me yeah and then like a bunch of their characters are bananas the sanguinor specifically in the context of 10th edition fight phase mechanics is real fucked up like he dives into like the middle of your unit kills you a bunch of stuff because he has you know like a bunch of high strength attacks and fight first and now you have to like figure out your coherency but also you just like you basically just get scammed by him even if you know it's coming uh it's an interesting setup like i i, I legitimately there was a bit there where i was like do i take ba to lgt but i <laughs> was like you'd have a good time yeah i probably would but i'd rather play obliterators or world leaders so yeah that's fair Ben, do you have a flavor of Marines that you're appreciating, or do you want to replace a flavor of something with a different faction entirely? Uh, I, I, I mean, Dark Angels is the obvious choice. I don't think there's really another choice of the of the, of the Marine one. Um, and then uh, the other, as far as, as far as other flavors, other things, I'm, I think, uh, I think we all haven't talked about how the Nits Codex hasn't been uh, broken yet. Um, don't know if it can be broken. But oh yeah, are... that, that book means more time in the tank. There there will be builds in there that are good. It's just if they are consistent enough to be like top meta. Like, I think that the, the, the book's a good book. It's just not a broken book. I think it needs. Fine, but... I think it needs the 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 power level at the the top bit to come down one more time, I... and then it goes yeah, to yeah, be yeah. like very good. I played a test game on the Nexus build on the old points before they got Savage worse than Eldar for no reason, <laughs> and I like had fun it wasn't a particularly like me army but it was like you know it was fun enough uh, it had things that it was doing um but it wasn't like you know i was like yeah i'm scoring and i'm you know like playing warhammer but like nothing i was doing was like particularly powerful and that is like you still like 10th is had a lot of changes shout out to gw they've made a lot of changes like we're definitely not in the place that we started in good job but like also like no like if you're like i'm gonna score and i'm gonna do this the game still just looks at you and is like how dare you bitch and just like smacks you off the table if you play a top army i think the, you... I think the middle of the packs got grouped together a lot more i think outside yes. of the top three um like you know we didn't none of us mentioned thousand suns but they didn't get that like they got some big points nerfs but like i'm looking at new lists and like that, that list is still great like there's nothing so I thought that until I played against Thousand Sons, and then they immediately didn't have enough CP to do fucking anything that they wanted and died just like that. <laughs> uh, so that change was huge for them. Yeah, not being able to indirect turn one especially is very big. For well, them. and then if you do indirect on two, you're like, all right, I have no defensive mechanics anymore. <laughs> it's like, oh. <laughs> that battle tactics change is like real big. I was building a Tyranids list and then I remembered that I couldn't zero CP the feel no pain in assimilation anymore. And I was like, oh, oh well, that that makes that real not good anymore. All yeah. these horror specs is that seemed real good at 125 points. Yeah. Oh, uh, Marine build that I just like didn't think about. Uh, but I've only heard about not seen as Templars. Didn't they get like real cheap? Someone was saying the other day. Half points for uh, Crusaders. That seems like an error. I don't know if anyone's exploiting that yet, but it seems like a mistake. I look forward to seeing what uh, Olivier does with them. Yeah, true. That's Is he coming to LGT? I don't think so. But no, that would be fun. Who really knows? Right. And then run. it's true. It's just hordes of close combat marines. <laughs> I, I mean, that would be sick. That's like 
I would love that. That's, that's, that's the meta definitely wants the living. Anthony never loved the Melee Zora. Get yeah. the containers. I guess I'm the only one left to do a top five, and it's just Eldar, Necrons. I really thought you were going to say it's just Eldar five times. I was going to laugh I, real I mean, hard. I almost <laughs> did, actually, and then I decided that I would have been maybe too much I mean, about Eldar today. But then you can from builds of Eldar. You can just list five different builds of Eldar. It's true. So it's Eldar with two avatars, Eldar with two spinners, Eldar with 20 Wraith Guard, Yanari, and then Eldar Har pure Harlequins. Why not? But the one faction that we haven't talked about that Chad keeps talking about, and even though it's been in two people's top fives, is Tau, who got massive points cuts across like the whole army and somehow managed to like GW. It feels like to me that GW forgot that in a shooting edition, the shooting and moving faction might be good. Just maybe. It Just... doesn't sound right. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure Tower. I'm sure Tower is still terrible. The fact that they give up Max Bring It Down is like the only thing holding that army like even remotely back. Oh it's yeah. Just like, you kind of like rock up together like so homers and bring it down. 35. 35. Cool. <laughs> All right. We're getting that much. Yeah. I they're weird. Like I they it's it's weird because of the way that you can score against them. They have to be real aggressive to you because you are not allowed to hold primary against Tau or they just lose instantly. So very strange. I did have somebody convince me to start a Zaku Tau project again just because I can't be bullied out of it again. There you go. No, That's true. You're a grown-ass man now. Fuck those dudes, I'm a, Nathan. I'm a, I'm a grown-ass man, and you can't tell me that Tower a terrible play experience like 30 times and make me sad. Yeah, especially... I mean, they are, but they're also pretty good, so you should do it anyway. Yeah. Also, if, also, you, didn't get, if you didn't get bullied off Iron Hands, you're definitely not getting bullied off Tau. <laughs> we all know you don't have standards. I don't anymore. That's I'm gonna right. Pay, I'm going to pay whatever I want. No, so no, say no, all no, of the... No, what? Just like I play, I play Eldar all the time. Like, don't let people bully you. I'm an arc yeah, player. You're buying a guard army, like, or you've bought a guard like, army. The 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 postal office guy just arrived with a bunch of stuff that has guard in it. Ah, <laughs> I love it. Are you bringing three Rogaldorns? Is that what you're gonna do, Ben? Or are you just gonna uh, bring double, double Dorn? I have a double Dorn list. I'm really excited about. I'm playing a Charity Hammer when I'm not doing the GT list. Um, mm. so the the double Dorn list actually it's rocks a lot of damage and i think it, i think it has play and gaunt's ghost went down in points in my favorite, my favorite oh my that going down in points is the most hilarious thing i've ever heard because i remember watching skark just play with them and i'm like this unit's so good and then they dropped in points and i was like well it's a really good thing that i have an unboxed one just sitting over here in my drawers because now i can paint it if i want to play guard again I mean, yeah, we have every rule in the game how are you not good like that's surely that was your most fun unit at wtc then yeah, uh, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the data sheet just reads capturing the outpost. Like, it's just on the sheet. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely have seen people oh. just do that repeatedly and then laughed a whole lot. Dude, what if that was like a thing they did where they were like, this unit can capture any objective as capture enemy outpost <laughs> or something like that? That's like a rule it's they gonna, put in. It's going to be on the new Wraith Guard, mate. Oh, why? No! The, the Wraith Knight actually is an objective and just takes an objective off the table and takes uh... it with it. Although the army rules, they get to pick the objective for attempting target. I won't lie, though. The Tyranid book release did make me so excited that I arranged for my Spormine tattoo, so I have that, like, set up. Oh, nice. You're much closer to getting that tattoo than any of the Welches who took my tattoo bed are. 
I definitely am very amused at the people who took my towel are going to win multiple GTs bet that I was saying towel are going to. And a bunch of people went like, no, Nathan, that's not going to happen. And I'm like, and then they played a test game with him. They're like, wait, Nathan, what's going to happen if I lose? I'm like, well, you're... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, I'm going to win this bet so fast. Like in two weeks, I'll win it. It'll be yeah, great. There, there was a lot of extra sweat in the WTC halls, I'm sure, in round like the last two rounds when we were still like undefeated. A lot of people being like, oh, God, I really like when Australia got that like lost draw. I think they must like, Liam must have immediately just been like, all right, we got to really focus the fuck up. <laughs> I think, Ben, you are the person who's completed the most, not even WTC, but the really most tattoos. Yes. <laughs> and he's, he's got, got one two. on me. I got, I got, I got the USA tattoo, and I got the Scotland tattoo. So like, I'm, I'm rocking. I'm happy. Uh, more Scotland tattoos, that, tattoos that, than anyone uh, in Scotland. process. <laughs> uh, so now we're going to talk a little bit about Charity Hammer. I think just a little bit more, um, and kind of like similar to any event where you get like a huge brain trust of people together, right? Because like, Art of War has a bunch of people going. Like the whole Pacific Northwest, like top players are going essentially, right? And then. So you're going to have like a brain trust like the WTC kind of all over again. Um, so why don't we talk about maybe some trends and maybe some interesting things that we might be seeing already or that we think might come out of here. And... Well, lists have dropped, so let me pull up some lists. Ooh. Oh, uh, snap. Why don't you pop that link to us as well in the back chat? We'll do. The momentary silence while we always get on, which is extra funny because we actually have uh, we have show notes this time, guys, <laughs> to organize wow. our stuff. Thank you. Yeah, we'll you might have just revealed. The and then, and then I think we'll you might have just revealed so, for the first time that we don't normally have show notes. The, the thing I'm excited that. for most out of this event is the is the bracket competition. Um, I want to see what people's brackets come out to, how close certain people get, if anybody gets it spot on. Um, we should really do the WTC draft stuff. <laughs> we should a, tally those points, yes. But uh, overall, like, there's there's going, like, you have some round one stuff, and then me and Lennon are, uh, have round one buys, but there's still plenty of action in round one, even especially toward, like, middle of the pack. Um, we have some potential matchups that are just like that are absolutely bonkers. Like I'm, I'm excited for like a possible Bortel McDougal matchup. Um, I'm, uh, I'm super excited for just like how everything's going to kind of like pierce out at the end. And in the history of Charity Hammer, the one and two seed have never played. Um, so somebody gets upset and knocked out uh, relatively early. Um, on my bracket, uh, I have myself going all the way, obviously. Um, and I have a Matt Evans upset into uh, into Mr. John Lennon on the Nids versus Nids, just based on like the the list construction. Because uh, I, um, I John's list history, is right? Based in what's up? And the history, right? Is it Matt Evans the guy who took um, John out in LVO 2020? Sure is. Yep, it is. So yeah, no, I, I have Matt Evans upsetting uh, upsetting Lennon uh, in that bracket. Is it an upset? <laughs> Who knows at this point? Who knows? Um, but like, there's, there's, it, this is not just a tournament of just like great players. There's a lot of player uh, tournament of like just great people. I'm super excited, just like hang out, um, jam, jam a bunch of games with a bunch, bunch of different people. You know, deliver uh, some entertainment to the masses. Obviously, 
Um, and the like the most direct way to interact other than than like the community discord and chatting and whatnot uh, is is that uh, is that bracket. So I, I do want you guys opinions on that bracket and uh, I can't wait to see what you guys do. There's a pretty big reward for getting it right, right? Uh, yeah, so for anyone who fills out the bracket on challenge.com, uh, which I can also post that link. Grab that. Right here. Cool. Uh, well, that's that was the entire Discord post, not the link. Um, <laughs> These things are always like impossible to get the whole thing right. It's a bit like guess how many jelly beans are in the jar. Those things. But are uh, the overall, if you are, if you have the best. Uh, bracket, you oh. will win a, an entire 2,000 point painted Custodes Deathwatch themed army done by Lou Rollins, who wins paint competitions all the goddamn time. He's he's a ITC hobby track winner as well um, over the entire years. So, like this is super hobbied up, super awesome army. I saw the most the majority of it at Salt Lake Open. Uh, he he piloted that army because um, he's normally just a Deathwatch guy, uh, and it's it's gorgeous. Um, and the tiebreaker is being the closest to the final score of the final match. If you, if you do have the same bracket as somebody. So pretty decent odds of smashing it if you're really good at predicting who's going to win games. And you should have all the armies and stuff like that. So you can be, predict it based on, um, you can predict it based on like actual army matchups rather than just people. But that is the only Oh, oh wow, this challenge bracket challenge. is like massive. Yeah, yeah, it'll be a double elimination bracket, right? So, yeah, it's tough to get it right. Yeah, there's well, there's like thirty some. There are thirty people in it. Thirty-two people. Yep. Yeah, I'm. I'll have to have a look at that. It seems it's always a good. It's always a good time filling out brackets stuff like that. <laughs> so yeah, um, you are playing Eldar. What are you pairing into round one, Ben? I am pairing in. Well, I have a buy round one. I'll either be playing Scott Roger oh, right. Wilkie, who's on Orcs. Or I'm playing Danny McDevitt on Craftfield Elder. Or Elder. Oh, snap. Um, so easy and easy. What? Danny is <laughs> Danny is one of the funniest people in 40k. So uh, he may distract you with his fucking shenanigans. <laughs> so one thing I'd want to mention about this is that we are, since we're playing for 24 hours straight streaming, you know, 3 a.m. streams, 6 a.m. streams, okay. some of our scheduled games, uh, I'll get. There's a there's a schedule post obviously. Um, I think there's a link tree. You can just drop the link tree. But some first, there's one part portion of the schedule where I play Trimble at 3 a.m. Uh, to 6 a.m. on Sunday morning. Uh, if I'm still in the GT at round four, which would be uh, the semifinals, um, I would then have to either play Tyler or McDougal or whoever wins out of that small bracket at six in the morning. Uh, nice. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> and then get a small break, and then at, and then at the fi- play the finals at noon. Um, so there is definitely an endurance side of this event. Sure <laughs> is. Come in at the end, because yeah, like well, playing semifinals on two hours of sleep is going to be. It's going to be tough. It's just an a week long Iron Man event. Come on, it's fine. You'll be fine. Yeah, yeah okay. both of you to think you're getting two hours of sleep, like. <laughs> You're gonna sit there being looking like, oh, I gotta figure out my pairing for next round. I've already found my favorite list in this whole event. 
um, yeah. which is Nick Villegas' uh, Dark Angels Gladius Task Force list. What is it? Just because it's two Land Raider Redeemers. Oh, nice. <laughs> it is It is actually, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it's like the Apothecary with Bolter Discipline, um, Asriel, a Captain in Terminator Armor, some Deathwing Knights and Aggressors, and then two Land Raider Redeemers, and then some other stuff. And a Kalos Assassin. I really like that list just because I think not enough people love Land Raider Redeemers enough, and they are very good. And taking two is better than one, right? You should just take two of everything that's good. I don't know why. I mean, honestly, I sounds like it. a hero. So best of luck to everybody at Charity Hammer. Uh, we will be following along with interest. Ben, if you don't win it, you're off the team. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Ennis has a reclaimed team captain, so he actually can say that with real authority now. Oh, did they actually do Scotland's? They did. did. Scotland do their team vote? They did. Him and Maddie, who must have a side of him I've never seen to be good at organization. Uh, or he's just better than me. Which, uh, let's... Well, I don't know. You're better than me. So <laughs> we Remember That's when we hard. talked about bars that you can roll over because they're so low? That's right. That's right. <laughs> and even I am still more organized than GW is good at balancing Eldar. It's true. And yet, the funniest thing is, I think, roundly, everybody has, except Anthony, who I didn't think said this, has said that this is, like, GW's best balance slate to date. Oh, wow. I don't even almost feel that way. <laughs> I gave the, the last slate of ninth edition a C plus and called it the best slate of ninth edition. So, yeah. No, I, thought the last, I thought the last slate of ninth was all right. The AOC slate was fucking awesome. They did a really good job with that one. The uh, only good thing in that slate, I think, was AOC, though. Nah, there was a bunch of good changes there. Whatever. Anyway. We can talk about it more later. Anyway, yeah. I'm going to do the plugs now. And All then right. we're going to do go on to the questions, because there is so many, because people want to talk to Ben, um, which means that we want to hear Ben's answers. Thanks for being with us for the first hour of the show. Uh, there are 88 people currently watching, which is awesome. I think it's one of the records for the standard regular show. Uh, and we're really thankful to have you here. If you're listening to the podcast and you'd like to catch the live reactions with all of the cool videos and Ben's surprisingly tidy background and the cool pictures on uh, Nathan's board and all that good stuff, you can check out youtube.com slash statcheck, where we stream live at 11 p.m. UK every Tuesday, 6 p.m. EST, various other times across the globe. Conversions may Time zone conversions may apply. You can also find the podcast in all the regular places. If you're watching the show and you want to catch up on back episodes and you're doing it on the go, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, various, all the other sort of things like that is a really good place to do that. Uh, we also post them on Goonhammer. If you like, you see it on there, that's us too. Um, we do a bunch of other stuff with the stat with the channel. So you can also check out things like the metadata dashboard, the coaching sessions, which are on all on stat-check.com. You can see the meta dashboard, uh, the CRS, the ELO, the coaching, all that sort of thing. Um, you can also check out the other shows in the network, which is End of the Matrix and X and One. This week is an X and One week, uh, where Tim and Nate, Tim and Cliff will be going over the Nova event that Tim was recently at. And then the week after that should be an End of the Matrix week with Nathan and Typhus going through even more cool team stuff. They most recently did an episode about how preparation for WTC starts the week after WTC, which, um, speaking of somebody who's just done captaincy and is now prepping for a team event to prep for WTC, yep. It never ends. Uh, it is the eternal cycle. It's more of a subscription service than playing Space Marines. Uh, That's impressive. Um, you can check out a couple of our sponsors. Uh, XM1, not XM1, Jesus. Uh, Etsy, there we go. <laughs> Very similar saying, starting. This starting was crazy. going too well, is what a I was saying. XM1 is, like is like a sponsor. Tim donates to us every week. <laughs> that is true. So, uh, 
you can check out Etsy, which is where Saltar Games do a bunch of uh, tokens and things like that for us. And you can also check out that's Etsy and Saltar Games. Uh, you can also check out red-dragon.ca, where where they offer things like our objective markers, our dice. And if you're a patron, you can also get access to a 15%, I think it's a 15% discount uh, mm-hmm. all across the entire store. Uh, otherwise, just checking it out would be a great help to us because it's a great store. It's Jeremy's local and they do a ton of work for us. They will be sponsoring the Vibe Check League winner, which we will be, uh, we have Ian P and Chris Irvine in the finals of that. Uh, I'll be telling them their mission after the show. I'm not doing it live on air. I thought that was maybe a stretch too far and I don't want to walk out to the garage gate on a Leviathan deck. Um, so that'll be the finals for that. That should be happening tomorrow, I think, um, which is really great. Good to see. Uh, so if you're interested in checking out things like the Vibe Check League or accessing just our general awesome Discord community in general, patreon.com slash is the place to do that. $5 a month gets you access to literally all the cool stuff we do, um, whether that's discount code for Red Dragon, whether it's accessing us basically all the time, you ping one of us, we're generally going to answer the question. Uh, <laughs> I don't think even Ben's in there. I don't know why, but he just posts Gaunt Skulls lists. Um, that's all I got. Uh, your your uh, Cali Cup stuff, bud. Oh yeah, Cali Cup. Um, I knew that was. I knew there was one more thing. Look, man, it's been a long day. I, I hurt my foot, and now every time I move, I make dial-up noises. So <laughs> you don't even know what dial-up is. What are you talking about, Ennis? Look, I'm in a lot of pain. <laughs> You can also check out uh, CaliforniaCup40k.com. It's an event that myself and Anthony, as well as Jeremy and Nathan, are going to be at doing uh, masterclasses and coverage. Uh, the event break for that, I think, goes up like today. Um, so it's $99 for the beginner's class, which is going through all things, a bunch of things about threat assessment and deployment. And then $149 for the advanced class, which is basically uh, we're going to watch the people of the class like play a game in 45 minutes each on clock or 40 minutes each on clock times and be available to give feedback and help out with games for that so if that's something if you're at california cup and that's something that interests you please do check out the website for that uh, we would love to have people out there um it's really awesome that we're able to do stuff like this through stat check and with the xenos paying guys um and i think it's gonna be a great time that is san diego on the second and third of november and the classes should be the first i think or whatever the thursday before the event is that's it for that. Very few Let's... opportunities to have access to that level of like expertise, folks. So you should sign up for those classes. Now on to show questions. Now on to show questions. I'm I have them. In, I have them open, so don't worry about it. Go so for it. We have to ask this question, and Will asks it first, of course. So Ben, what is your favorite way to eat an egg? So I think, you guys, on this question, just just a quick note: we have difference between egg products and egg, as an egg by itself. Um, that's why, you know, we have the omelet conversation, everything else. I'm going to answer it in two parts. There's egg product and egg. You came prepared. Long time viewer, first time participant. Egg products, um, custards of all sorts. Anything that ha- comes the, that is custard based, whether it be a sweet filling or an egg custard sandwich, where it's just like egg and dashi stock. I'm a foodie. I do a lot of cooking. So um, it's like a super fluffy egg. Um that like custards of all sorts, uh, creme brulee is definitely a custard. Flan's a custard. It's all it's all custard. I love custard. custard what? Yes. <laughs> Flan is a custard. Just blew up my brain. Just like um, just like eight custards are are my. Big custards going to bed. They convinced them. They convinced them of lies. <laughs> Big custard. Uh, outside that, Ben's uh, we, nice have, uh, we have we um, have poached eggs. I love I love a poached egg on top of anything. Uh, poached egg can go in your soup. Poached egg, poached egg can go in your sandwich. Poached egg can go in anything. I love poached egg. So, Anthony. Poached is the uh, answer. 
I like it. Also, I've been doing um, like eggs mixed with half and half steamed in a tray to make that perfect like breakfast sandwich egg recently, which is basically just custard textured egg. Yeah, that's it's like that's good. that's stuff to add the custard. That's exactly yeah. what it is. It's delicious too. It's great. It's the best breakfast sandwich egg ever. Yeah, um, if you, it's amazing. You ask yourself a question. Um, so what was what is for dinner, Ben? <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna have a Penang curry. Uh, Ooh, I like it. It's a good one. Uh, Logan asks, uh, "How does it feel to be a national hero?" <laughs> ben McJurick. I don't know if I'm a national hero, and I don't know like how Stephen felt about that. To be 100 honest with you, I know like the team is great, but I don't I don't know how the general Scotland 40k player. You know, it was like a cultural hero. appropriation situation where they were like, "How dare you not replace him with a Scot?" There was definitely an aspect of when the team photo went live. There was a bit of like the Goldilocks porridge with um, someone's kilt was way too short. Someone's kilt was just right, and Ben's was way too long. And that was ah. the thing that generated the most engagement. I see. <laughs> it's at the costume store. Can you uh, get him a correctly sized one next year? We, I, we got a kilt, right? Yeah. We oh, got okay. Kilt. okay, that's yeah. good. I was going to say, we're going to get I him an actual Mac Jurek shirt. So that's I have good. one for Pumbaa that I'm giving with LGT. I can't wait to see Pumbaa. <laughs> <laughs> that's just going to be like looking at a girl in a dress. I don't understand why you're like that hyped for it. You could just look that up on the internet. <laughs> if Scotland had played the United States, which player would you have wanted to play against? Ben. I thought long and hard about this one. And this is kind of another two parter because, like, favorable matchup or, you know, first, first <laughs> I want to play. Um, I want to play. I want to play my captain. I want to play Sean and just you know have have that experience. And you know, if I manage to put him in the dirt, that'd be amazing. Um, that would be like the, the story I'd want to tell. You know, that's that makes the coolest story. Um, as far as like matchup, uh, I'd probably either want to play Lennon, because uh, like Custodes is just yeah. you don't you don't lose that matchup with the right guard. <laughs> Or uh, or 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 Jaime because I raised Jaime's head from practice weekend. That guy had terrible games into me. So, <laughs> yeah. Would it have been more or less funny to get Shuckman with the bus though? <laughs> that had gone as well as the France game had. <laughs> uh, that that would have been uh, that would have been funny. That is the funny story. I don't know how I do on that one. I don't know if that's a repeatable result with the incarn because uh, what made the French game different is he didn't have the incarn. Overrated. Uh, <laughs> that'll get you. <laughs> Have you had or are you planning to have haggis? Um, haggis is legal in the United States because it contains sheep lung. Uh, there's no way you can obtain it uh, in any way, shape, it, or form. It what? It contains sheep lungs. It's the giblets and it's all stuff in the stomach. Anyway, um, it's awful. It's still nice. You enjoyed it. You can't take that back. <laughs> no, I, I did like it. it. I specifically went looking, when this question was asked, I went looking at butcher shops to see if I could acquire and make it. Some underground um, haggis. You, you gotta go to a farm. You can go to a farmer, I'm sure. And I will bring a farming friend next year. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, that, that that was the problem is I couldn't obtain it. I went to go try and get it. I was like, surely it has to be something that somebody that makes it in Vegas because we have everything. Like, just, but they couldn't. I, I found out they can't legally sell it. Hmm. Legally. Legally. Uh, that's interesting to actually learn about and it's funny to learn that it's just the sheep's lungs that are probably the thing that offends the fda the most or whatever usda whichever one yeah um both it's yeah, yeah both probably dan asks uh, hmm? 
Oh, someone, someone in chat asked how do I immediately know this? I did a little bit of research before I, before I uh, <laughs> Do I um, want to compare Scottish haggis and Icelandic haggis? I definitely do. Want to know what Icelandic? I know what regular Icelandic food is made of. What is the haggis made oh, of? Slow down. All the food I had in Iceland was fucking awesome. Just none of it was like dead shark for a month. There you go. Reasonable. Like we. But that's haggis what is it would be. To me, like all the extra cuts of meat that you don't want to like regularly eat. It seems like black pudding or something like that. Yeah. Like what's yeah. Icelandic haggis? Is that like the leftover bits of the shark? <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll just keep going Dan asks how does it feel to not only be accepted but celebrated by such an old and prestigious culture <laughs> These are what <laughs> I didn't know that we were considering Scotland old or well old yes prestigious maybe not. I mean, technically but... yeah but... <laughs> um, honestly with the, between how I was treated by both Every WTC team, including Stalin, including the USA, and just like the general reception of just like the random public in Mexico, even, or just like, yeah, Scotland. Like it was, it was fantastic because I was wearing a Scottish flag most of the time, too. So, uh... um, it, uh, but it was, it was, well, honestly, um, I, I, I felt like family and I feel like the, uh, the, the team that I was, you know, with, they, they treated me like family. And the moment I walked in, like the US, room done of uh, doing pairings you know, the, the night of uh after i got done hanging out and doing lunch, uh dinner you know they celebrated me too so like it just it just felt great to be welcomed and celebrated awesome it's the most homoerotic event on the social calendar it just <laughs> that, that is also true two of those things both of those are true oh, everybody's a little gay at wtc it's just kind of the, it's, it's a lot yeah. of hugging it's, it's, it's mecklen pride a... round two it's a lot of people letting their hair down in like public with all of their friends. Basically, no. the energy definitely supports it as well. Yeah. Um, also, what do you wear under a kilt? And I suppose Innes can also answer this question. But Ben, you whatever can you it want, first. whatever makes you feel comfortable. Nobody uh, cares. You'd have to uh, you'd have to romance me and get those um, those dialogue options to find out. <laughs> you, need to get, approves of this. you need to get McJerk's approval hot enough. Um, but um, McJerk was in a rental, so definitely boxers. <laughs> uh, J, uh, J, uh, was there anything you think Scotland did better than other teams? The other teams in general, I can't, it's hard to compare because I don't have the backroom look. USA, I have the backroom look. Um, they're pairing slash like their their matrix slash spreadsheet that like auto fills in and does everything else um it's fantastic that thing's awesome i love the i love how fast we could get a matrix together with just like me hopping on my phone and hitting the drop down i need to do like it's great i, I love that that's that's one thing that they definitely did better it's a feature of ours that it's shitty it makes tyler work got to keep calculus rambo employed <laughs> Innes, what do you think? Since you're here and know the back I have door. absolutely no frame of reference. I've only ever worked with Team Scotland, unfortunately. Um, we definitely That's not true. You worked with Team Poland a bunch. Sure, but I mean, like, actually, like, doing pairings and, like, seeing the uh, prep, like, at the event, right? Like, I've never been on the other side of another team. Um, I felt like we had a really good married. Like, we had this identical same eight, eight list, like, um, factions as the team that won the event. I think we did a pretty good job on that front. Um, like we did a good job of leveraging having a couple of really strong players in a roster that was a fairly you know average roster at best. Um, in leveraging like myself and Brian as much as we could, I think we did a really good job of that. Um, 
because it's always it's difficult to have a team that's not to like disparage my team or anything like that, but um, a team that's more tall, uh, tall than wide, you know, um, yeah. both in physical senses, but uh, <laughs> more, more wide than tall in that sense. But yeah. uh, yeah. uh, it was it's interesting to have you know like a player like Brian that you can just like 100% rely on. I could just like I would tell Ryan, so we would tell Brian to push, and he was already getting 20, uh, just like every round. Like it didn't matter whether we were playing you know, outside of like specifically Aust- Australia and France, where he played like. GSC and Horde Nids and like yeah okay and you're not getting twenty. Um, he put the twenty in every other game. Uh, and it, using a using a thing like that is like using that as an actual like leverage tool. I think is something we do really well. And then Preston asks, "Do you Ben or Innis think you could fit more bases in your mouth?" My money's on Innis. It's not close. About <laughs> <laughs> for a second, but like. If it was a bet, I'm a competitive spirit in a deep throat. It's all. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we're going. Yeah, ben, kidding. Never mind. It's on Ben. I'm voting for Ben. He's <laughs> a betting um, man. Now I'm voting for Ben. Now, secondary question: Who can get the biggest base in their mouth? That. Oh, yes. that that might be in us. <laughs> that might be Ennis. If it has to stay between the cheeks and can yeah, go yeah, yeah. no further, it's definitely in us. Yeah. It's not even close. Get a great unclean, we... unclean one base in here. Stretchy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> We've gone way too far. And I'm going to keep going to the next question. Stretch like, stretch like Luffy from One Piece. <laughs> so we're going to go from Dark Horse. I watched the live Peter. action recently. It's good. Weeb. Actually, strangely really good. Strangely good. Weeb. Um, what is your sleeper army coming out of the data slate? So we're gonna go from dark horse to sleeper. Um, so like what in like the bottom 10 from your rankings do you think could rise out of it? And we'll start with Ben. I mean, I think I mean Jeremy are in the same mind thinking uh that Votan are going to win an event at some point in the near future. It's reasonable. And Anthony? Death Guard. Oh. oh sorry, Anthony, cool. You can tell that wasn't me because he said Death Guard. Um, <laughs> the bottom 10? What was the bottom 10? It's hard, right? We don't really know what. It's yeah. hard to, like, make... between, like, 7 and 15, it's really hard to tell. What I mean, you saw right the meta report things that I gave you. It was like 1, 2, 3, everybody else is tied at 4th. Um, no, you didn't do one this month. Twice. That's not... I know, and the one before was the same. Um, the... <sighs> Jesus Christ, who was shit that's now pretty good? Probably Votan, because getting out of boxes and standing on objectives is cancer, but it works. Uh, if you'll allow me to loop back around to the top, it's Eldar. But... Because <laughs> they're so Just fucking... Overflowed and Eldar are the first and the worst army. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're the lowest in terms of like enjoyability to play against, if that counts for anything, but yeah. I But Anthony, if you just play Aspect Warriors, the army is terrible, and it's fine and balanced then. I think that if you play badly on purpose, things are bad. That seems real. Yeah, you could win an event with 30, 33 Shadow Spectres and 30, 30 War Spiders. So maybe that's still completely viable. You probably could do that, yeah. Are you allowed to take a Yincarn after you do that? If you get 60 yeah. Aspects Warriors in the list, do you unlock the Yincarn and Night Spinner data sheets and you can round off with <laughs> for, that? Yeah, 100%. For free, yeah. That's yes. only like they 700 points, in. man. Yeah. Oh, oh, why? 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 <laughs> Innis, you can answer this question and grants if you talk about death guard for a second 
Okay. Um, I think Death Guard have the capability to like actually do well at like GTs and probably major level. I don't think they're going to win super major anytime soon, but that army has the potential that if it gets the right one of matchups, it has all of the damage output it needs that if the things things align for you, it can punch up. And I don't think that's unreasonable. Um, it has reasonably good shooting. Like you can definitely, you know, it can be a little scammy, but it has it. It has good characters. It's got, you know, I think Nick did a Nick described it well. It's got genes that are called pointed characters that are space marines, which is actually pretty good. Um, so yeah, I think that's pretty solid. And I think and once people find a build that actually works, it'll do better as well. Nice. Bryce asks for Innis specifically. I'm looking at running Dark Angels at a Super Major later this month. I'm concerned that the changes to Devastating Wounds mean that while the Deathwing Knights will still take a lot of fire to go down, they will start to die quicker than I feel their price point is worth. Thoughts? Kill the, kill, kill the stuff that has Dev Wounds? Or hide, in a, hide behind a wall and score points? It's fine. It, it's okay if your Deathwing Knights just sit within six of the middle and deploy a Teleport Homer every turn if it wins you the game. Um, don't feel baited into like having to do things with units. You can win the game without doing things. It's okay. Uh, that's true. Uh, and then in any matchup, like thinking through the matchups that actually have that volume of devastating wounds, it's like Eldar Wraithguard, which are not high enough volume that you're really worried about it. You were going to save like one dude from it every turn. Like who cares? There's, there's no Wraith anymore. And like Night Spinners and Night Spinners, like their damage one, fine. You don't get a save. Cool. You were only going to get the portion of the arc once per game anyway. Night Spinners not where you use it. Um, CSM, which are cutting four trains generally. Um, and then it's like Sure. Like, if the captain charges you, you're going to take a bunch of damage to you. You're maybe going to lose a guy or two. Um, it's if, fine. If Abaddon gets into you, it's real bad now. If but... Abaddon gets into you, it's real bad now. Yeah, but if I, but like, I feel like that's fine. Um, you, you always have the whole thing of, like, you can squad tactics. Like, you know, you can make the charge awkward. You don't have to give them easy charges. Uh, there are ways to handle melee dev wounds more than there are shooting dev wounds. Yeah. Uh, and Forge Fiends are generally leaving a lot of less, not exclusively, but you can, you know, like, you can shoot back at them. You know, there's things you can do with that. It's actually uh, and then, the part of like CSM list design, weirdly enough, is that you have to keep at least one just in case someone else brings Terminators because you have otherwise, like, you're very liable <laughs> to get like CSM weirdly struggle with doing three damage, like, exactly three, weirdly hard. <laughs> Yeah, um, and then outside that, like, Dev Wounds, you're talking incidental sources after that. Like, don't get Stern Guard comboed. Don't get, you know, shot by, a, like, a 10 Hearthkin squad. But all, a lot of that stuff is, like, reserve-based. You have a lot of you have a lot of agency over preventing reserve-based stuff from hitting Deathwing Knights because you are playing Space Marines. You have access to some of the best chaps in the game. So use it to your advantage. And then it's a once-per-game. So after that, once that you would have used it, you're you're identical for every turn after that, and it's not a deterrent anymore. But like, don't worry about it. Just vibe with it. If you really want to play the command squad, it's not that much worse. It definitely does less damage, but it's a better anvil, uh, and it gets guys back. So, why is it a better anvil? Uh, just because it can like threaten. You can like poke it onto an objective. People don't commit to it. It takes a bunch of damage. You regenerate the guy back onto the objective. Kind oh, of thing. So you end and up you pulling like, like one or two dudes out of line of sight, yeah, and then you exactly. just pop back on anyway. Yeah. Okay. And you can just kind of like if you if you want to use it more defensively, you don't want to get like hard price into feeling you need to use them for damage because they don't do anything else. They can do that, and they have a little bit longer threat range. Uh, and then with the guy back as well, you can punish people for trying to like soft commit to bait your to bait like the watcher in the dark and stuff like that, right. um, which can have its own value. But I don't think they're as good, but they they can't work if you're like wanting to try something a little different without feeling like going all the way down on the death the death ring nights. They also have dev wounds themselves, right? So, yeah, I mean, so yeah. the death ring nights, yeah, death ring nights usually have like ten attacks with dev wounds, which is nice to have. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, also, you get it on the the flail on the sergeant, so. right, right, right. Did GW preview the detachment names? 
Yes, kind of. I am going to grab them now. I just wanted to make sure before we like talk about Luke's thing, because we don't have any pre-information anyways, guys, so we wouldn't be able to talk about it if GW hasn't released it. Anthony is like deep in the darkness now. Yeah. The sun has set on the East Coast. Yep. yep. It is 7.20 p.m. It's dark out now. I would hey, turn on a light, but that would West be like... Yeah, it is brighter there longer, but also if we do this call like earlier enough in the day, it's dark there too. <laughs> yeah, and basically they, they previewed like one detachment for every like first founding chapter, excepting the ones that aren't in the books of Maritza, like um, Blood Angels and Dark Angels and so on. And they're like, Dread, one's like Dreadnought focused, one is bike focused, one I think is like sneaky stuff focused, and then there's an extra one which is all Terminators. I think that one's called like Extremist Task Force, and I hope that that one just slams um, it's the oh, one that man. I'm most because I want to just be able to declare I'm playing extremists. Um, and that's just, fair. Like, that's pretty good. So, yeah, it's like when you say you're playing Crusher, like it just feels right, you know? Yeah, I, <laughs> I would like to play a detachment that doesn't have sleeve in the name of it. That would be cool. yeah, that's fair. I would like um, the new CSM book to have a different name for this detachment, but not change this detachment in any way, shape, or form because this detachment's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I on a slight tangent, Ascension Day is the best name detachment of this book. This set. Oh yeah, like oh yeah, by far the best one. Yeah, which is ben, do you, do you have a detachment one. that you would look forward to of those? I want eighth at White Scars back, where my entire army just gets a bench charge, and I can charge at people with freaking centurions and shit. Like I'm, I, I want that back. That was that's fun. Just like, swole harlequins. I'm just going to take Ben's answer and say that's my answer too. Um, Martine asks, for Ben, what was the best part of the whole WTC experience for you? Uh, it has been community. There's, there's, that's, that's without a doubt. That's not even, there's not even a second question. Like I, I did a great time at War Masters. I had a, I had a perfectly reasonable amount of, you know, play at, uh, at teams, but like, aside from the games, and everything else, not like, it's definitely in community and just everybody being excited for everything. Like a bunch of nerds nerding out and a bunch of nerds are all on the same level. There's no, I didn't see like a grain of salt at all among like all the experiences I had. It was fantastic. Just gotta stay away from Innis's tables. <laughs> it's um, impossible the... to not go back after you've been once. It's like it's so it's so difficult. It's addicting. It's ruined uh, the game for me. For the that team, bastards. any pointers for Blood Angels lists for LGT? Um, I mean, you could Gladius. probably you could probably look at what Serrano is doing at WTC and then just like add three hundred points to it and profit. Uh, take out the, the Blood Angels chat. Go take a look. It's yeah. basically where I would start as well. Yeah, I did play one game with New Blood Angels. It was pretty banger. Like the the Lamartes unit out of the rapid ingress into the advance and charge into the being a giant pain in the ass to kill is like a vibe. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was gonna also, say, scoring is really good when it teleports because you can just run like scouts with a Libby Dread and you're just like scoring, 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 scoring. Also, this aggressor brick that you have to screen for for the entire game now. Yeah. If you yeah. ever decide not to and then I just hit the two up, you lose now. So, you also got three assassins with the point drops essentially. Ooh. Yep. Innis, do you have any big bug secrets that you want to share? I I uh, echo Nick's response to this. The secret is to play Dark Angels. <laughs> the, the secret... <laughs> okay. There are builds in nids. They are just going to need some time, and I think 
the best nid stuff is going to be stuff that has a very specific response to what is good in the meta right now. We saw that with like the list that came out of WTC were fairly specialized in one role and they were really good at it. And nids are going to be great at that. You can build a nids list that does a bunch of different stuff. But what we've now got is we've got seven detachments for an army that has like seven data sheets. <laughs> like yeah. you're just trying to like find the right mix and match. And that will depend a lot on what everything else crystallizes as. Are you going to need to do with transports really heavily? In which case you're probably going to need to play a higher damage output army or try to outscore them. Is outscoring viable in a world where Eldar exists? Probably not, which means that you're going to get priced into playing higher damage. Right, like there's, but there's so many layers to that. I think Assimilation Swarm is really solid, uh, and it's the one that I'm the most interested in playing going forward, besides Invasion Fleet. Um, but I think Invasion Swarm needs a hyper or uh, Assimilation Swarm, which is the healing one, needs a very hyper specialized army that can survive through exactly what's good right now and will fall apart in a different meta. But the army that works in that will be really good, and I think we just kind of need to see what that actually ends up being. Uh, and cut your fucking Norns, just don't. They're, I don't. I, I wish they were better, but Tears. they're they don't do any damage. I was pretty happy with one just as like a go over there, but like I could see cutting it in a world where like there's less points, right? I played pre point the, change. The problem so. with it is, is that when you compare what a Norn does to what like two other things and a scoring unit does for the same points, it's really hard to justify because right. a Norn is the same points as an Execreen and a Maliceptor or two Execreens and a Pyrovore, or you know, like it starts getting real. Why do I want this? Yeah. Oh, well, I think um, part of that is just how goddamn undercosted Pyrovores are again. So yeah. every time you put something in nids, you have to be like, that could be a 30-point pyrovore. And you're not wrong. Like, <laughs> Yeah, and consider playing nine pyrovores in Assimilation Swarm, because that army is kind of nuts. Yeah. <laughs> and Anthony, you should probably be running three Neuroelectors. Just just run three Neuroelectors. Yeah, they're crazy. It's true. They are so oh, cheap for what they do. I have, I have one more, because this is a, this is a cell phone. Uh, Death Leaper's new model is really big. I don't know if anybody's seen it. It's, like, huge. Um, very tall. Don't gaslight yourself into thinking that that means he is strong. He is still a 70-point lone hop that happens to be, like, okay in combat with the fight first. Do not yep. trick yourself that because model big, that he kills things. Um, if you played with the old Death Leaper that's, like, yay high, and you played with the new Death Leaper, new Death Leaper is five points cheaper and has a three of armor save and is the same unit otherwise. Use him the same as you were using the other Death Leaper, and you'll be much happier with your outcome. Yeah. Yeah. He, it's real easy to trick yourself with that model. He's not that durable, really, comparatively. Like, they all have stealth, so they're, like, a little durable to ranged combat, but not particularly durable to ranged combat. Say, popping, um, hemming cover, popping the armor contempt stratagem was quite funny. <laughs> Just being like, oh, you caught my load up. Two up. Yeah. In Vanguard, it's funny to pay the one CP stratagem to be like, so my load up is now six inches. I hope you oh, figured that out. So funny. Anthony, we have a question for you about Team USA stuff. Oh boy, uh, these Frank. are either exciting or terrible. I think this one's more exciting. Um, oh, okay, cool. What sort of bribe? Well, the first part's more of a joke, but what sort of bribe should I prepare if I want to apply to have a shot at making Team USA? But for real, is there anything us common folks can do to prep for that process? So, I assume it means for the team selection process. Yeah. So there is a website, which is uswargaming.org. It is the not-for-profit that'll be in charge of governing Team USA going forwards. Um, there is a board made up of three members. Uh, there's two former or current and former captains and Josh uh, Conant, who is the, like, anyone that's been to WDC knows he's like the real soul of Team USA. Uh, he is, if we are ever successful, it is because of Josh. And if we ever fail, it is because we have failed Josh. Um, 
<laughs> he is the best. Um, but on that website, if you scroll down a whole bunch, you can see there is a PDF that holds the Team USA um, like committee charter, as well as some of the like US wargaming bylaws and stuff like that. In the charter itself, if I'm not mistaken, there is the like. Who is Team USA? What is the selection process? Give that a read and it'll tell you everything that you need to know. But I think what he's actually asking is, are there any tips that you would give to somebody who is trying to go through starting that process? Like, what would you recommend they like begin doing? So one of our... Oh, this is dope because I get to plug stat check. So one of the ways that someone can apply to be what is referred to now as an academy player is um through their elo ranking so if you are within the top 100 in the us i believe is the metric um you're invited to apply to the nation's team um that is part of like a wider process you may, it doesn't obviously guarantee you have a spot in the team or a pot a spot even in the like applicant pool but it does get your like foot in the door and able to represent yourself um in addition to that as like you know may or may not have seen uh like between atc posting their own circuits and like broad spectrum there seems to be a lot more interest in team events in the united states going to those and playing in your role well especially if team usa fields a team there and you play them in that round uh are all like great ways to make a good impression right um but yeah outside of like the official direct channels there is those options those those would be my recommendations awesome yeah, the, the best way to get involved with any WC team is to just get to know the people who are on it and make a name for yourself. Like, you want to be known as a positive and upstanding figure in community who is worth having along, whether that's to play or to coach or whatever. If you are that, then, you know, there's no reason why you can't go out there. Yeah, it's easier to, like, be helpful towards the team if you do, like, a specific thing really well. Because, like, you know, necessarily someone's single performance isn't always, like, often actually is the opposite of how helpful they are on a team. Um so being able to like discern exactly what it is you like want, need, et cetera, uh, are good. But yeah, everything goes back to that uswargaming.org site. Uh, that'll give you an idea of what we're looking for and how the processes actually go. As Chris says in chat, you have to pass the vibe check. Yeah, that's true. That's real. I also hear um, you have to be able to physically out eat um, John Naden's son in an eating competition. Um, yeah, and very yeah, few people uh, pass that bar. Yeah. Uh, the new bar actually is Matt Shuckman. Matt is the the smallest of the current starting roster and will eat anyone I've met under the table. It is insane. Tablet's moving. God, jeez. All right. The next one is what has surprised – this is for everyone – is what has surprised you so far after the data slate from playing games? Uh, if you If the game doesn't involve Eldar – or an army that can't meet Necron's stat check, the game's actually pretty good. Everything else uh, seems like you play a game of Warhammer, unless you play one of the like wacky nonsense missions that shouldn't exist. One CP, full rule to hit and wound stratagem shouldn't exist, and I hate that like four armies oh, have them. Anthony's playing the role of, wait, but not my faction very yeah. well right now. No, I think those stratagems <laughs> are fine when they affect one unit. Relax. Nope, not, a, not at all. Uh, I fucking hate them. I hate how many rerolls there are still in the game somehow, despite stripping out like all the fucking rerolls from half the sheet. It's just like you just don't use any of the ones that don't have rerolls then. Cool. Yeah. 
I, hate I mean, it. that was always going to happen. Honestly, more of the rerolls in CSM come from data sheet abilities than that than zeal. So it's come from fucking dark packs. It's just like, what if dark packs just gave you like fourteen hundred things? Yeah, uh, and crit fives is the stupidest mechanic they've printed so far. Oh well, no, crit fours is the stupidest mechanic they've printed so far. Crit fives is close. <laughs> I mean, what has crit fours? Karandras? <laughs> well, no. Also, there's critical wound on fours, right? Okay, sure, but I'm talking about credits. Like, I, yeah. I hate it on border discipline. I hate it on like all of CSM. It's infuriating on everything that has it. I despise it. Oh, no, I love it. I love exploding <laughs> sixes mechanics. Those get me hype. I like exploding sixes. Exploding sixes is fine. Exploding fives is too much. I do not like it. <sighs> Any it makes the rerolls so goddamn efficient, and I don't like it. I don't. I don't have a surprise because I haven't played any any games. It's been all slightless for me. I had a had a GT, and that's been it oh, <laughs> between yeah. work and that. So. Uh, but um, I, I will find out some surprises, and my first game is into uh, Lennon at um, 3 p.m. on Thursday. So it'll be my first cool. slightless game of Eldar. I have re zero reps in this list. It's a whole draft. I can't believe you're not starting off with Gaunt's Ghosts. Um... Anthony, this is questions for you. You've talked about the new meta being rock, paper, scissors. Can you talk about that a bit? Yeah. So I think that the... So this is kind of hard to, like, explain if you've not put a bunch of games in on the new stuff. But, like, basically the way I see it is this. Is that there is Eldar at, like, the absolute top. And then there is the sole army that can make them think for even a moment in Necrons. But the thing about Necrons is that they are... They make the game entirely binary. You can either deal with them and you can't or you can't. And... On either side of that spectrum is your likeliness to beat them. Um, so it influences Necron builds in an interesting way, but for the rest of the game is not super interesting, right? Um, but as you lean harder and harder into like big thunderous activations to stop the Necron bullshit and to like even potentially fight back against something like Chaos Knights, you make your game worse and worse into Eldar at each of those steps. So you have to decide at some point, like, do I want to, you basically get to pick what you're okay with losing at against um, is the way that I felt about it anyway, through the testing that I've done so far is like, are you okay with randomly pairing into, you know, or custodies that you know, like, just getting yeah, check. yeah, custodies that didn't get the memo. And then your tiny cute MSU army that can chase down Eldar is no longer not fucking cute. Um, there's a lot of, like, it's not, I think in a lot of ways they've, like, accidentally reduced build diversity, because, like, literally if you can't beat Necrons, like, don't take that army to a tournament, is how I feel about it, because, like, when you lose to Necrons, player skill doesn't really factor into the game, they kind of just exist on the objectives and cannot be removed from them, and there's nothing you can do about that, really, if your list is incapable of doing something about that. So I think the, the basic summation of that is something like lists are way too hyper-specialized right now because that's what you have to be to compete in this metagame. And yeah. hyper-specialized lists inherently have hyper-specialized downsides. And when you're playing to a list that is, you know, tailored to be exactly what you do, there's not a ton you can do about it. And yeah. that is the way that you can build to have a chance into Eldar, have a chance into... And you end up with just this meta where... Because lists can't be super all-dimensional because everything is so hyper-specialized that you have to hyper-specialize back to have a chance. The yep. the like the inplay interplay between them is awful. Yeah, that's basically uh, it. Like as like in prepping my CSM list for LGT, 
I have just accepted that I lose to Eldar. There are other people trying to win the event that have not done that, but like I am just like I refuse to just get stat vibe checked by CK and Necrons and stuff like that. I'm just not letting that happen. I'm only playing five to six games. I don't care. I'm not losing that way. Um, but if I play an equal skill Eldar player, which you know, it's a thousand person event that should be a fairly tiny band of the player population. I pretty much am going to lose, but like, it's all the, about like knowing kind of yourself and what you're okay with losing with. If someone just like out, like makes no mistakes playing Eldar against me and I lose fucking all right. So be it. And then the next question from Ed, this is the third question from Ed. Now that we've gone through them uh, is for Ben, how would you start to build Eldar after the changes? So kind of like, what are you looking at for an Eldar build post slate? Um, if you look at my charity hammer list, uh, it's not it's not too different from any go wide list. Like, take the list I've been a version of the list I've been running for the past three months and winning with. Cut the Wraith Knight, put in an avatar. That's basically it. It's not any too different. I have some Shroud Runners in there, and I'm getting cute with Dark Reapers. Those are totally cuttable and exchangeable. There's like three to four decent Eldar builds, honestly. Um, some of them revolve around Aspect Warriors. Some of them revolve around a Wraith Guard. It, they're all good. That's the thing. And they're the difference between them is not too much different. Like it was before where there's like, there's like a clear one or two builds you run and then everything else is not as good. It's like, well, turns out all these data sheets are still better than everybody else's. Um, and <laughs> you can just run them. So there's, there's going to be a lot of stuff that comes out of woodwork and people are going to run. They're going to have success with. So frankly, like there's a couple core things. Like you're always going to have one night spinner. You're always going to have an autark. If you're not the NRE, you're, there's a couple of things like that, but other than that, you can run whatever and still be successful. But are you taking D sides? Um, I the 20 Wraith Guard brick I'm looking at running, uh, 10 and 10, one of them has D sides. Nice. Uh, so Gabe is gonna ask, as a chaos knight chaos knights player, what can I do to flex what many would consider a mono B tier army, big tough boys into an army capable of winning GTs? Oh man, I don't think that's hard at all. I think there's actually a ton of room for playing CK. Like, there's a huge difference between well-piloted CK and like badly piloted CK. I actually think that was one of the things that always separated them from Imperial Knights. Imperial Knights were very not like towards the end of ninth, but certainly in tenth. We're very like, here's my big stuff. I'ma do big stuff stuff. Uh, whereas CK had a lot more like options just by virtue of being somehow the most MSU army in the game. Um <laughs> But yeah, especially now, like the, again, like I think that like Rampager in Rapid Ingress, 10 dogs on the table with the Changeling type of build is sick. Uh, I was like seriously considering playing that for LGT. It's really good. Um, I don't okay. like, I don't think it needs to change to be something skillful. I think there's a lot of room for that in CK. And then I guess to focus it a little bit more on prep side of it, like what would you do to practice for a GT with that list? Like, what, what are some things you would focus on as the Chaos Knights player? I think the main things you need to be really good at is, like, when you're comfortable with throwing assets away and when you need to actually preserve them and what you do to react to your brigands getting tagged. I think that those are the major differences between, like, what I see as, like, a really good CK player and, like, a mediocre CK player. Like, the difference between, like, when I play, like, JSJ playing CK and he's, like, giving me one war dog a turn with physically no ability to kill more than one, maybe two, is, like, night and day difference to the guy that's, like, here's 140 wounds. Oh, where'd they all go? 
And then the next question is from Preston. And I guess this is just for everybody is what's your favorite type of noodles? And we'll start with Innis and then go to Ben and then go to Anthony. There are different kinds of noodles. <laughs> That's about the answer that I expected from somebody in the UK. Yes. <laughs> I don't really eat Chinese food. Sorry. <laughs> there are also Italian noodles. There's, there's also uh, like, like the entire. <laughs> All right. Ben, what, what no, no, your, is, what's your favorite type of Spaghetti isn't noodles. Spaghetti is different. Like, it's funny. <laughs> And I don't like the question because, so. like, there's so many different types of noodles, and you know, you had the you have the conversation of what's noodles and what's pasta, and you know, oh, our, no, our all pasta is all that one's rough. That's a hard but, conversation uh, to have without fist fights. It, no, there's it's it, it, there's science. It, it comes out of science, but at the end of the day, um, noodles. Uh, I have never had a bad experience with flat rice noodles. The stuff you had get in like Patsy U or um, any number of like flat noodle soups um, of Chinese, Vietnamese, or Thai variety. Uh, those are probably my number one go-to noodle if a noodle is offered to me. Um, outside that, we're gonna go with like traditional American pastas and we talk about pasta shapes. Uh, I, I, like, uh, I like little rotinis, rotinis make me happy. Anthony. Uh, all right, so now, if it's pasta, you judge an Italian-American restaurant on the back of their penne alla vodka. If they can't do that right, fuck them. Um, but as a general rule of thumb, when it comes to noodles writ large, it's Thai drunken noodles. It's like the best like noodle-based meal. I'm a big proponent of the ramen noodle because it has the flexibility of being a cheap or really expensive like high-end thing, depending on who That's and true. how it's being made. For the noodle. That's fair. Yeah. Or for pasta, I really do love stuffed pastas. And there's like one where you put a whole egg yolk inside of it, inside of a raviolo. That's really good. I like those a lot. I've made them at home. They're quite fun. Nice. Uh, oh, man, I lost my spot in the questions for a second. Uh, Richard asks, oh, no. as a new meta settles, how do you keep up with the new best list for each faction in order to prepare for games against them? Oh, you don't. You just play against what you think is best and hope that your friends who are also pretty good are right and not idiots. And then sometimes you get scammed when you go to an event. Pay as much attention to tournament results as you like can. That's right. Um, yeah, no, Ben, you're, you're not alone. Listen to us every that. Tuesday. Yeah, you can yeah. see us point the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. No, what, what Anthony said, like, you got you got to hope you have the right play group that is on point. The most majority of the time, the answer is yes. Sometimes, like when you're like knee deep in three factions, like I am right now, I have a pretty good idea on like what each three of those are doing, but I don't freaking know what they're doing. I think the biggest thing is to not show up to a table and be like, "Oh, that's how that works." Like, if you can just get like a rep, <laughs> like it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't even have to be good. Just like finding out what their army rule does. Like, just don't show up to the table and be like, "What happens when you come in from reserve against GSC?" You know what I mean? Like, that's really what. Like, that'll get you so much farther in a tournament than most people think it will. I swear. And I think this is why I pull up the quote: "I have a much easier time into my hardest matchup, but practiced than a unpracticed matchup that I have no idea what's going." On. Yeah, that's that's real life. And then sure. That's does help death guard players yep Sec the second question is do you have all have any principles or philosophies you use in your list building like do you have like a point where you start and like kind of a thought process for when you're Just building run the good lists? shit don't overcomplicate it and then refine it from there i uh spend 
300 points ensuring that I don't have to think about playing the mission so I can spend 1700 on hitting the person in the face. Um, rule, uh, I follow a rule of one is not enough if they can see it. So outside indirect stuff, if you're bringing one of something, you should probably think about bringing two. Yeah. Oh, no, no. I love, I love my, uh, my little one-offs. If you can play, if you can only, you can get away with only playing one of something, you can run another something. That is, uh, that's big Vic energy. Like, oh no, he saw the wingtip, and now that unit's dead. Now my plan is crumbling, even though I'm the best player in England. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sam asks two questions for Ben. The first question I think is the funnier of them, which is, will we ever see Warboss Mac- War McJurick again? He's no. gone. He's going. He joined the guard, son. He just. Froze. Oh, sorry, I'm gonna that blip for a second. Um, nope, I'm still. Am I here? Am I gone? Oh, you're back, but you're, you're really back. crinkly. You're real robotic for a second. Internet, what's going on? Crinkly? I said crinkly. Yes. <laughs> His internet is crinkly. <laughs> look, look, man, I'm tired. <laughs> Internet went real dial-up, Ben. In his don't talk about things you've never experienced before. I've experienced dial-up. I'm not that young. <laughs> he got a phone call while he was trying to do the podcast, okay. and his internet just died. Oh, you back just back lived in Germany in, 20, in the 2010s, are, where your internet you're and phone back fully, the same connection. Yeah, Ben's back. Yeah, I think All so. Right. Um, right. Will we will we uh, ever see more Bastion? No, we're we're asking the second question first uh, because I thought it was more amusing. Yeah, are we going to see that again? Are you ever going to be a okay. war boss again? Um, I am hoping to play orcs at SoCal Open. Uh, that is the that is goal. That's really what I really want to do. Orcs have won that event for the past two years. I would like to make it three. Um, but outside of that, I'm not committing anywhere else to orcs exactly until I get reps in. Uh, I like orcs. I, I like orcs a lot. They're super red matchups that went down by a lot. Um, they, you know, I've if I feel confident into like the average or above average Eldar player outside like a few select few with orcs, I'm definitely playing orcs. Um, but outside that, I'll see. Uh, I'm currently where I'm at in 40k in this year is that like I'm in it to win it, and I have to do everything to win it. So pivoting to a less good faction is not ideal for me. So what what you're getting at is the only way the orcs win SoCal is if Brian attends. Got it. <laughs> And then, yes. what are you most looking going? forward to about for Charity Hammer? Um, Charity Hammer, I am looking forward to my game into Kazra. Um, I have a scheduled game with him at 6 p.m. on Thursday, and I love that guy to death. Me and him are like besties. We're going to have wine and cheese, and it's going to be a great game. Oh, wow. The foodie game. Excellent. I love it. <laughs> um, this is for everyone from Paul, of course. Uh, Admet got a pretty significant points decrease in a mild rules change, considering they were trending up for win rate. They have two really good data sheets, and both got cheaper. Is this enough to get more positive results for them on the board? Yeah, probably. I don't think they're great, but I think Admet can definitely do good things in a tournament setting. I don't think you will be upset if you play Admet and you play and do most things. Um, they're probably not passing the Necron vibe check, which is like the first. You kind of like there's the three gatekeepers of like you're probably not passing the the Necron vibe check. You're definitely not passing the Elder vibe check. And other than that, I think like if you play it well, I don't see any reason why you can't at least have a game into pretty much everything else. Yeah, I like Necrons are one of the. I think they might be the army I know the least about in Tem, um, just because like they've been so far outside the band of like vaguely functional for a while 
that it's like, oh, okay, now I have to like kind of pay attention to this again. They're getting a codex soon though, so I don't really want to fill my brain with their index. That just seems like a waste of time. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Weird army. And then uh, weird army. JS, good luck. Yeah. JS asks, is three brigands too much in a death guard list for a team's event? Is three brigands too much? in a death guard list would you bring three brigands with a death guard list even period i feel like you would do i feel like what you should be doing instead is just taking ck because i feel like if you want to take death guard you take what that's not a goal like you're doing best of action death guard you you just do death guard well no if you're gonna take but i'm saying like death guard have a bunch of like cheap units now just take death guard shooting if you want more shooting like you take like plague bursts and bloat drones and the this the and argument like... is basically that you can run like I've seen some people kind of like double soul grinder triple brigand and then just backing it with the um the plus one AP from the effective plus one AP from the death retreating. It's cute. I don't know if it gets there, but yeah, I could I... see a world where like it is in a team setting, maybe passes the passes the stat barrier against enough list that it's worth including. Yeah, um, I I just feel like at that point you're just pl- like that just seems worse it does like... but i also think it's like if you were gonna test it i think it's the kind of thing that warrants like a couple test games and i would be interested to see if Fair. it actually works out pretty well because you do get like you get your brigands like ap3 functionally in that list on this on the yeah, cannons yeah. and like mm-hmm. that, and the soul grinders in nurgle get indirect with back to three playbar scrollers like that might be enough to actually get there i don't yeah. know if it is but i would i'm interested to see if somebody put it put on the table i would not be like oh cool i smashed this i would be like okay cool we're gonna play a game here yeah i feel like you have to figure out what's getting your contagions up the field at that point. Because uh, you, uh, you run 45-point icon bearers that once per turn go 12-inch aura. Oh, boy, that's a lot of stuff. All right. I mean, sure. I like... <laughs> yes, you can do yeah. it. Um, or you can use the Halberds to apply at range. Like, there's ways and means. But, yeah, it's not... It's jumping through a lot of hoops. It's just if those hoops are worth jumping through, maybe they are. Yeah. Ben, you look like you had a thought. Nope. No, I'm just reading the questions. I know the next, I know the next question, so... So you can answer the next question. Would you? What would it take to get you to bring a lifta and drop a stampa back to the table? Uh, donate ninety dollars to the charity hammer and so and show me the receipt and I'll play it on. I'll play it on War Games Live. There you weekend. go. There, there you go, go, guys. Challenged. And then Eric continues his trend of asking questions about David Gaylord. Apparently. Um, if David Gaylord were one of the data slate changes, which one would he be? Um, he would be the nerf that GW forgot to apply to Eldar because that no, just no, seems... no, no, no. David Gaylord is all the death <laughs> desolation when he's left the left their ammo in their other backpack. God damn it! I would. Um, Anthony, how do you feel about twenty cultists plus dark commune blobs? Uh, I get why people would gravitate towards builds like that. I just don't think they're good in a world where people are teching to kill Necron warriors who shit all over them durability-wise. Also, Dave, do you say Dave 20 just Necron warriors? Do you mean 16 accursed cultists or 20 regular cultists? I mean, I've, 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 I really I've, hope it's I've, not the second one. No, I've seen both. Like, I, I get it. It's just like... Because if you mark them Zinch, they, the that auto-wound on 5 shooting actually turns into like a bit of a meme pretty fast when you're in the Abaddon aura um it's it's funny until it isn't right it's one of those things that's like that's dumb and then you have to take a hundred saves you're like what oh no Um, i've played a hundred cultists that just like wound you to death at wtc like don't get me wrong i've done yeah 
I just don't think that works anymore. But also, uh, Brian in chat brought up a good thing. Uh, Dave Gaylord did just get married this weekend. Congratulations, Dave. Congratulations, oh, yeah. Dave. Congratulations, Dave. Someone will remember the backpacks, and it's not going to be you. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, he remembered the ring. That's all we can Jesus, say. Jesus, guys, come on. <laughs> <laughs> we love we love David to death, and I wish him. Yeah, but for his honeymoon, he is not going backpacking across Europe. So. <laughs> 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 Um, the next question is for Ben from Joel, which is Ben, when are you gonna when are you gonna make a cooking show? Apparently, I actually did a bunch of cooking like shorts and other like social media stuff during COVID. And that's that's basically what I spent my time doing. Nice. There you go. Um, and then so Preston, anybody asks, wants to ever start a stat check cooking show? Uh, no. Um, but do we get Ben to host it? Yes. There you go. Hundred percent. Hey, if, if if you and if Ennis and Anthony come out here, I will I'll smoke you guys the nicest Wagyu tomahawk you ever had. Anthony, do you want to Maybe. Like, now, now Anthony I have a is. Yes. For this, so I might end Wagyu. up at LVO. I might not play LVO <laughs> just for this. Like um, I, I will smoke you guys the nicest, like you know, two inch thick tomahawk you ever had. It's gonna that be sounds easy. dope. I might ben, just go for do, that. Um, Meals of the Forty K Universe on TikTok Shorts. Ah, that would be very funny. <laughs> it's just a lot of people. A lot of people turned into food for corpse don't, starch. Don't, don't worry about that. Uh, Basically, I guess. <laughs> probably what? similar in texture. Uh, Preston asks, "What's your ideal pizza?" Um, oh. we'll start with Anthony, just because I enjoy this. Uh, like a New York City Sicilian thin slice. If you can get those three criteria. You're gonna have a good time. It doesn't have to be from a specific place. Anyone that tells you that is like just jerking off about where they're from. But like that region, that style, perfect. Ben. Um I am very simple when it comes to this. I, I like I like the the thin the uh the thin floppy of New York style pizzas myself. Um I like I like large pieces of pepperoni, I like the big discs and uh and mushroom. Innes? Uh, I mean, I live very close to Italy and Greece and all those countries. It's not too hard to get like a really good, like a proper, like uh, Napoli pizza or something like that. It's yep. Solid. Uh, I also like do enjoy like a nice, just like regular deep dish margarita or pepperoni or something like that. Can't complain. Just like pizza, pizza's pizza. Keep oh, oh. just not lasagna pizza. Like a you know I. Don't want that much sauce. Uh, also, also okay as a fried pizza from one of your kebab shops. <laughs> I would not recommend it as like that's not a immediate drink. A pizza crunch is a cultural staple. Um, <laughs> that is a thing you can buy. That is, yeah, you. It's a starter technically. It's not actually a main meal as well. Yeah. Um, like you wouldn't order a pizza crunch as like your main meal. You'd have like a pizza crunch before your fish and chips or something. But next, uh, I wouldn't personally recommend. Yeah, the, there's a question of pineapple on pizza. It, you can put whatever you want on your pizza. I'm never, never going to judge you. It's totally fine. People like freak out about that are idiots. Um, that said, I'm going to be in Edinburgh like not this Sunday, next Sunday, and that is closer than I thought it was. <laughs> well, why are you in Edinburgh? We got a super um, chat question as well. Uh, oh yeah, I've got a bunch of super chat questions right. that we're gonna go through. Next. Don't worry about it. I got going you. To a concert man. next Saturday, hanging out with Brian in London, and then we're going back to Edinburgh for a week before we go back down for LGT. Oh, you're coming up to come up to Scotland? Yeah, I'll be in Scotland oh, for cool. a while. Yeah. Visit my piece of 
Yeah, I can go point at Ben's one yard square. Dude. <laughs> oh, it's two. That's actually surprisingly uh, not that far from me, by the way. So, <laughs> like, it's in Kelty, I think, Ben, right? Which is like 40 minutes away from me. Can we go take so. a picture on Ben's plot of land? <laughs> yes, <laughs> probably make that Please happen. do that. That would be real funny. Just like put a flag in it, like a little American flag. <laughs> right, so I have a few. I have a few questions. Stars. We're gonna go through them. I mean, we got Tim Penny in doing his super chat for offshore checking account deposit. Yeah. Um, which is just a thing that he does. And I'm gonna try to. I'm just gonna go through these pretty quickly, just because they're in an order. Um, Paint Celestine asks, strangely enough, a sisters of battle questions. Um, any suggestions uh, for what to aim for when designing lists? I assume for Sisters of Battle. Mid-tables. Reasonable. Um, <laughs> sisters just kind of don't have a competitive advantage. Uh, that's like the best way I can phrase it. I don't really know what Sisters do. I. Um, they seem like they tripped and lost their identity. Like, yep. They were the fast, fragile, like, melee glass cannon. And then they were like, here's my really consistent game plan. And, and then now, suddenly they were just fragile. Yeah, now they're just, like, fragile with no game plan and bad range. And it's like, hey. Guns, what'd you say? They made melted guns bad. Yeah, like, like, I mean, that didn't help. Like, I for like for the record, though, I'm like, like, Sisters is one of those armies that is like Harlequins, which as much as that makes me sad is like, I don't think you ever can make that army okay without it being Banana Land. Um, because it's just like, yeah, it's not, it's not good. Fate Dice is just a stupid mechanic in every army that has it. Yeah. The next... The next question, Ulstroll from Paint Celestine, is can we petition GW to make assassinate uh, character units again? So, like, each individual member of it is worth scoring assassinate oh, on it. Oh, yeah, that would be awesome. I'd love that. Go one dark commune and just max it. Non scholarship gives out freaking. Yeah. yeah, they should. <laughs> I missed that. Actually, no, I'm perfectly happy to have that not be a thing, but assassinate stay at four. Assassinate at four is fucking dope. <laughs> And then uh, Ayer asks, or really just says because he gave us another uh, 1500 ISK super chat, which says, I'm convinced Innis only allows an Imperial Knight channel in the Discord. Recommend, by the way, not sponsored, just so we can <laughs> auto-ban anybody that posts here. <laughs> <laughs> which is funny, because there's actually a decent Imperial Knights community in our Discord that posts quite frequently. Yeah, they're, nope. they're dope. Uh, I'm glad they're in there, though, and not in the regular channels. <laughs> <laughs> It's really just so that Innis has only one channel he needs to mute at a time. The actually, the only channels I have muted are Crusade, Lore, and Orcs. So, <laughs> and the Orc channel is really just all lying. That's fair. Uh, Shazzy Bear gave a super chat. Thank you very much. So I've been struggling to make the GK list, hoping I can get one off of y'all and staples, if any, for GKs. And would you? Also, Devoon spam Marines. Sorry, I had a hard time parsing that that question for a second there. Um, I guess, do you have any recommendations for Grey Knights? And then, the, like, is Devoon spam on Marines good? The 30, like, Terminator list just was, like, handed to strike units in addition to all the shit it already had. So, do that. Do yeah, just do that. That part's awesome. Go nuts. And then, do jank. Question mark, question mark, question mark. 
we took this army instead of T-Sons, and I'm still sad. Um, <laughs> I love you, Jack. You don't listen to this. I didn't have to say that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's 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 what it is. That's that's Grey Knights. It's it's a lot of like question marks and gaslighting. It's end of ninth Eldar. <laughs> and then the desert fish had a question, which is which Tyranid detachment has the most play in singles. And then I'm gonna double check real quick. Invasion, I think it's invasion. Invasion fleet, and I, I don't think it's close. I really like onslaught. It's I not. Think, I, I really like cool. onslaught, but I don't think it has much as much play in singles as people want it to have. I think the broadest. More like the most applicable one into most matchups, which is how you would end up winning in singles, is Invasion Fleet. Yeah, that's fair. Because I, I think that's reasonable. I think people like I think the Invasion Fleet detachment rule is better than like any rule in any other detachment in Tyranids. Yeah, it's like yeah. I was running the it, numbers. It's, it's Invasion like, Fleet's like Elven Jersey. There's no there's no ifs ands or buts. You just yeah. the Feel No Pain is the best defensive strategy of all of the detachments, and yep. the um. Lethal hits or um, sustained hits is better than every better than every damage increase stratagem, and it has healing gargoyles. I I don't know what more I want from it. Like Von Ryan's leapers already hit turn one charges if you deploy them on the line. Cool, you get safety, but then they're like Von Ryan's leapers coming in from reserve or in your deployment zone, which who cares, right? They're you know they're not good in that situation. So you're adding safety to garbage units. Um, the loan up is cool. The loan up strat is cool, but you already have the best loan ups in the game. You don't need to make them better, and like everything else is just you're trying too hard. So no, just play invasion fleet. I think assimilation swarm maybe gets there, maybe, but I think invasion fleet is going to be more consistent for the long run. Yeah, I think I agree. The like wide spectrum thing that you need to hit for singles is only really applicable in So that detachment and gained a ton from neural lectures. Being able to hand out plus one the wound to all your invasion fleet stuff, like that stacks real well with sustained hits army white. Yep, it's real good. Uh and that's all of our questions. I don't think I missed anything. I went back through some chatter about Melta being good in Eldar. That's about it. Um, well, it's good on one Eldar model. Back off. <laughs> yes. Um uh, before we go into our plugs, Ben, do you have anything else that you want to plug? You can plug Charity Hammer again, of course, or anything that you yourself are working on that you would like to plug. Today was a big day, Team USA-wise. We announced our uh, application for candidacy, uh, or if you want to be captain. Um, and in a couple of weeks, at the beginning of October, we're going to be pushing out our uh, applications for to join us as team members. Um, so please pay attention to that. Um, follow our Facebook page. Keep keep. Uh, with with our socials, if you want to, you know, stay tuned for more. Um, so that's like a really big thing that I, I've been working on because I do a lot of the socials for Team USA. Um, and then, of course, you know, for the fifth time this uh, this this cast, uh, Charity Hammer. Um, we we're hoping to raise forty thousand and one dollars to beat our previous record. Uh, you know, come participate. Uh, do the brackets. Do the raffles. There's crap tons of prizes being given out. There's a lot of there's a lot of a donated product that's going to be uh, given out to people, and we're going to have a ridiculous amount of 40k played in that time. So um, tune in, have fun, uh, interact with the Discord there, um, and I will be sure to answer more questions if you have them for me over there. Ines, why don't you why don't you uh, rattle us out? Thank you so much, everybody, and especially to Ben for being with us. It has been an absolute pleasure to be with you for episode 60, the first post-Bans Lady Slate meta. We are officially into the actually vaguely enjoyable stretch. Not that I wasn't enjoying 10th edition before the changes, but that was more for the community than anything else. 
I'm having fun with the game again, which is nice. Um, I'm really looking forward to a bunch of events. It's going to be a really good time. Uh, if anybody is at any events uh, that we, any of us are at, whether that's Cali Cup, whether that's um, LGT or anything else, come and come say hi. We should have some number of static dice still available. If anybody comes to see us, just come grab one. Um, look for the objective markers or the loud people. It's huge. It's going to be one of that. Or both. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is it just me and you, Anthony? Jeremy didn't end up making it, right? At LGT, yeah. Yeah, cool. So look for the two really loud people. <laughs> uh, otherwise, thank you so much, everybody, for being with us. Please do remember to check out the channel. The channel, it's youtube.com slash statcheck. You can see the live shows or any previous VODs if you want to care. Also, the data slate, that's in there as well. You can also see End of the Matrix and XM1 both on there. That's the other two shows that run bi-weekly on the channel, run by Cliff, Tim, Nathan, and the other Nathan, and... Uh, typhus you can also check out coaching at stat-check.com slash coaching if you want to help get, if you want any help with getting better at the game or prepping for any of those tournaments myself and typhus both offer that through there uh and then patreon patreon.com slash stat check five dollars a month gets you access to our discord community where you can meet awesome people like ben and harass them for god's ghost lists and please remember to check out charity hammer anthony nathan good luck at any tournaments you're at this weekend anybody have a great weekend bye for more shows like this, check out the Goonhammer Media Network. More info at media.goonhammer.com.